from the blood-filled comic book of Carnage comes the anthology film concocted by two of horror's eternal heavyweights. That's right, we're talking about George Romero and Stephen King's love letter to a bygone comic era with 1982's Creepshow. The tale of a boy's comic book come to life in five tales of gore and goo that takes us from the crawl spaces of colleges to the high rises from hell. What happens when you skip out on cake for a corpse? At what point does being a green farmer go too far? How do you avoid drowning when you're up to your neck in relationship problems? What happens when you create an Antarctic Pokemon for over a century? And how many bugs does it take for you to burst with disgust? I hope you found your comic stash, made sure your voodoo dolls are prepared for pins, and your red and blue lights dramatically set up, because we're about to chuddle the first issue of Creepshow. Not the chuddle. Chuddle. Surprise! Whoa. Oh, that's fantastic. So good! If what the actual fuck was a movie, out of the mist and into the fog, it's Chuddle the Pod! Welcome, boils and ghouls, and our blood-curdling Chuddle Club members to a brand new meeting of the Chuddle the Pod Horror Movie Club. My name is Ross, and I'm joined by my co-occupants of the pod, Brian and Sam. Huh? Tonight, we sup? get under- Oh, oh what? Sup? What's mm? up? Mm, I should have waited for the sup, and I should have waited for the hunt. It's okay. We'll figure it out one of these days. <laughs> one of these days. We'll get it together. Tonight, we get under the covers and crack open our comic books as we discuss 1982's Creep Show. And honestly, I was looking at streaming. You got to rent it at this point. I don't know if it's, mm. is it streaming anywhere at this point? I watched it on my Blu-ray, so. I had a copy of it on DVD. I, you still have yeah, to pay for could, it now. It's not free anywhere. Okay. You know what? But yes. As of this recording. As of this recording. Just keep on checking. But before we get into our film today, we have Don from the Two Towns Over podcast. Welcome. Hello. To the podcast, Don. Thank you. Long time coming. Two Towns Over. Oh, thank you. We appreciate it, man. Especially for this movie. (laughs) Two Towns Over is a podcast where they explore the fascinating world of urban legends, conspiracy theories, and campfire tales to find out if there's any truths behind the legends. Thank you so much for heading out of your town for the evening to hunker down with us in the Creep Show comic shop. How are you guys doing? We're doing good. It's it's Great. good to good. have you here. We've had your your co occupants on the podcast before on an episode that's no longer available on our podcast. Yeah, except, no, for patrons. I, well, no. except for patrons. Except for Patreon. I never did get to finish listening to it. When it aired, I was going through some personal stuff. I listened to about half of it, and then I finally was like, oh, I need to go back and listen to that. And you guys. It was gone. It. Oh. We mixed it. It was gone. Oh. <laughs> you know what's funny is that like I that got me down the hugest rabbit hole of SCP stuff. Okay, I had no I had no idea what it was before that recording, and then just I went ham. It was Yeah, you talked about that was, for a while. It was a problem. Mm -hmm. It was a problem. It still technically is a problem. So yes, we were happy to have them on and we were like, we got to get you on for something. And you were just like, you guys poke, you guys ever do some creep show? I'd be happy to. I'm like, I know Ross loves that shit. So let's, let's, let's make this happen. (laughs) Been waiting on this one. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Otherwise, and just in case, oh, sorry. Otherwise you guys would have to deal with me in like really, really bad horror movies because that's, oh, that's fine too. Oh, well, it sounds like you'll be coming on for Ross's picks then. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. I did. I did get to hear the pussy cake episode. 
Oh, awesome! So, we love that. Oh, Did you yes. see Pussy Cake by any chance? I have not seen it, but it's uh, on. It's on Tubi. We recommend it's oh, on it's Tubi now. Fantastic. Is it on Tubi? It's fantastic. Yes. <laughs> and then we have an interview with the director and oh wow, one of the stars. Yeah. God damn, you guys are so much better than we are. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. I think you guys are doing some awesome I, shit. And, you are, know, you guys are yeah, killing it. So. Uh, that, if you miss the stuff that we don't do on our show anymore, yeah, go, go check out their, their show. Shit. It's all there because they got a lot of good stuff out there. You guys are going crazy <laughs> um, with the Satanic um, Panic. Yeah, we're almost done with it. Oh, it's so yeah. awesome. Uh, the West. We just finished West Memphis Three, and mm. I think we broke Ruben. Oh boy. <laughs> so. <laughs> But uh, so, yeah, we're almost done. We're almost out of it. We're all getting to that point where we're like, all right, we we, we just want a good old crazy serial Silly. killer. Yeah, we just, something yeah. a little bit more. Mm. It's so diff- we still got QAnon to do, which is not something oh, any of us are looking oh. forward to. Yeah, I'm sure. But, <laughs> you know, you know, it's going to be a good episode when everyone cumulatively <laughs> before recording goes, uh, oh, shit. <laughs> That's amazing. That's where they keep the shuttle. And just in case you didn't know, we like to keep it spoiler free up top and we will let you know when the spoilers are going to be presented to you. Uh, And last but certainly not least, we have a Patreon and we got to give a shout out to our coven of witches. Your sacrifice gives us life and we thank you for your beautiful souls. We thank your beautiful souls. Yeah, uh, we got we have a few bonus episodes that we've been dropping. I think uh, by the time this drops, I mean, they're, they're going to be getting Akira. Yeah, yeah. they'll have Akira yeah. out. They'll have the six mailbag out and then all the other yeah. previous stuff there as well. Yeah. So if you're kind of curious on what they're listening to, join the Patreon. Do hey. non-horror movies, answer your questions in mailbags. It's fun. And we have fun. You got, and patrons get to choose, like we just did Lawnmower Man. That was patrons mm-hmm. putting and it together. And you get access to our library old stuff, all the stuff we cut, the episode. So you'll get has, to hear the SP, yep. SCP. Yeah. <laughs> SCP things. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, the Patreon picks have been killing it lately. What? That episode is like two and a half hours long of us just, we got real cerebral on that. That was fantastic. Oh, what? Lawnmower Man? That was Lawnmower a, Man. Yeah, yeah. The, we did. The we patrons got real have heavy us with thinking. All right, so we're going to kind of like kind of peek into the comic book without fully opening it beforehand. So we're going to go into our uh, spoiler-free tagline. A young boy's thrown-out comic book takes us on five strange and different tales of terror. Stories of a father's day from beyond the grave, a cosmic night on a barn, beaches beaches that go bump in the night, a crate and its hungry inhabitant, and a bully with a bug problem. Mm, Indeed. That's correct. (laughs) Yeah, good. Good. I just, yeah, good. I, yeah, it's yeah. We'll we'll get there. All right. Who made the movie? Yeah, uh, I already said it at the top. Uh, this is fucking. This is George Romero, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, with his directing and writing from Stephen King. This was a uh, like a hangout love letter to 1950s comic book era, and both of them were just super jazzed to do it. Um, super we had hopped a- up on coke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the whole time. Whole lot of time. Um, we also have a huge cast of characters in this movie. Obviously, this yeah. is an anthology movie, so we have a lot of different ones. Uh, we have just off the top of the dome. Uh, we got Leslie Nielsen as mm-hmm. Richard Vickers in Something Tied You Over. We've got, oh man, uh, just in the crate Ted alone. Ted also got- in that. Yeah, Ted yes. Danson. Yeah. Oh, dude, I'm going down the list. Trust me, we've got everybody. Uh, we got Hal Holbrook, uh, Adrian Bardo, uh, Fritz Weaver are all in the crate. Um, with Leslie Nielsen, we also do have Ted Danson and Galen Ross. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Stephen King plays Jordy Verrill in this. Uh, we also have Ed Harris yeah. in uh, the mm-hmm. first segment of Father's Day. Uh, With each- the best dance moves I've ever seen. Oh, the best. <laughs> Improv dance by Ed Harris is like, <laughs> pretty good. let go. Um, <laughs> E.G. Martian, or sorry, E.G. Marshall plays Upson Pratt in uh there's uh they're creeping up on you so like there's uh, we there's a long very long list of people check out the imd me to check out all imd me (laughs) imd me (laughs) sorry (laughs) uh with that being said i think we can transition to the gorometer fatality all right. So, on a scale of one to ten, psycho to the sadness. How gory, gooey, and generally just pleasuring is this film? Let's give our guests what, what on a scale of one to ten. What would you What would you say, Don? I mean, it's it's got its gore, but it's almost comical. Mm-hmm. Yes, we've actually had this discussion a bunch where it's like it's splattery, but it's done in such a humorous way. Does it make it less gory or less gooier? Right. Yeah. Um. I'd probably put it around five or six. I'd say that's yeah. good. I gave it a six. I mean, I'd say I was going to th- give it a three or a four. And, <laughs> Am I okay. crazy? <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, honestly, I had a six point five. Consistency what? was a three. Intensity yeah. was a three point five. That's yeah. So that's, it's, that's what I said too. Except for yeah, yeah, three and three. My yeah. God, I am. I feel insane. You're desensitized, right now. Sam. well i think i mean obviously we will get into the kills and the gore and stuff like that i think it's done in a comic book way which really does buffer i feel the feeling of intensity of the gore but when they show gore i mean like in the crate um i mean even even the first segment father's day like there is some pretty horrific stuff that happens from gunk street Mm -hmm. (laughs) mm-hmm (laughs) <laughs> Sam disagrees. Yeah. Which is, hey, you know what? Everybody's viewing is going to be different on this. But yeah, for me, I think to me it was a 6.5. I would probably lean maybe to between a, I think a 6. But I, I think a 6 works as well. So Sam's just wrong, I guess. Yeah, I'm just a loser yeah. on this one. <laughs> you lost. Sam lost. I'm kind of done with my finger and my thumb. <laughs> That's right. You, Shape you, of an L you on your forehead. In your head. <laughs> no, you're <laughs> singing it out loud. We're all stars, baby. All right. Who is the horror for? Nerds. Pretty much asking what kind of yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute now. Are you come on here and be insulted? When did Sam turn in the ogre of uh, <laughs> nerd buckets? Oh man, jock dorks, geeks. dorks. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for I the mean, jock I horror put club. Straight up top. Obviously, fans of anthologies, yes. supernatural this is like stuff, the, creature stuff. This is like one of the granddaddy yeah. of anthology horror films. EC I mean, Comics. Like mm-hmm. EC Comics. Like, if you like that kind of um, weird, moralistic, askew, revengey kind mm-hmm. of narratives in your campy i mean like that's very much this movie and a very contingent like it's a um it made it very it's in the same wheelhouse to me as um sin city in the fact of like it's a live action comic book like this was portrayed and the way that everything's set up is to make you feel like stylistically exactly it's like like you're in a comic book yeah there are frames that are like that that 
in the movie, some scenes or shots are framed like a comic book frame with the borders and different things happening. And and especially towards the end of each segment, they go highly stylized. (laughs) Yes. Yes. How okay? So how are we watching this? Are we doing? It's like quite loud. Are we doing Cirrus is schlocky? Like are we doing groups or solo? Like, I how said would loud you, and schlocky guys? with friends. Mm-hmm. Would be the yes. best. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a good. I mean, to me, just because it's one of my favorite movies, it's a great alone movie too. It's like it's like chicken. It's like chicken soup for the horror soul. Honestly, mm, sure, for sure, I can see but that. I get, but this this movie is built to watch with a group of people and have one hell of a time watching it. I can see that. I for agree. Sure. Um, I think we already expi- uh, said this, but uh, is this movie for beginners? I said no. Oh, really? I just think it'd be. T- I, I just is it I, the not that because like content. Or? Yeah, it's just like if this is gonna be your introductory to horror. I don't know if if it's too campy for mm-hmm. an entry. I can see that. Depending see on the person, too, I guess it's very. This, yeah, it uh, could be. Yeah, too comical for some people. Yes. Who are trying to get into it. Totally. I think I think you're right. I really my initial gut reaction was like, this is absolutely a beginner's movie. But you kind of have to be in the right headspace for it, where it's like this movie isn't really intended. Like there are some jump scares in this, but it's more of like the horrificness of it, but it is a big layer of cheese that's attached to that. And it's not something that's going to like keep you awake at night. Or like, you know what I mean? It's supposed to be entertainingly fun, not um, gut-wrenching horrible, like horror. You know what I mean? I think it's for beginners if it's for, if it that beginner is a kid, but if that beginner is an adult, maybe not necessarily. But I feel like if I was, sure. rock, if I was 10 years old or whatever, when I first saw this, I would have like totally rocked my cockles, you know? Yes. Okay. I, I agree with that statement. It's for the kid that's like, would like, maybe, I don't know if this is your sneak off and watch this, like get beamed onto mm-hmm. the TV late at night. And you're like, what the fuck is this? This is great. I think it's that yeah. sense of for beginners, but if it's a later life, maybe I'm getting into horror. I don't know if I'm recommending this. Yeah. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do as kind of, not a counter argument to that. I, I think if you're a beginner and you're trying to get into anthology horror movies, this is probably one of the first ones I would watch just because of it's less intense than other anthologies. It's more mm-hmm. stylized, I guess. So it'd be really good one to kind of have the narrative event of an anthology one. But I do agree with you is that like the age base is definitely like if you're, you know, a younger person or trying to get a younger person into horror movies this is a kind of a good one but if you're like older i feel that there would be a few others before this to kind of get your toes into get your toes wet toes get your toes wet do we have the Chuddle harbinger of doom saying anything for this for this one yeah he'll come in and warn about some bug phobia <laughs> if you have yeah, a big cockroach phobia <laughs> the last yes. segment you might want to skip <laughs> I was going to say, honestly, the only one that really kind of just any kind of uh, uh, hairs on the back of it for warnings would be the the last one. It would basically be the last story because it kind of it hits on some uh, classism, racism, kind of not like context and dialogue. And then, uh, yeah, bugs. If you fucking hate bugs, the last one is not. It's maybe a little bit not going claustrophobia when you talk about Ted Danson's. Segment. Oh yes, you that's get a little very weird true, feeling. Too. I mean, isn't it open with child abuse? Big old slap. Yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. Mister Mister Joe Hill himself mm-hmm. getting slapped. 
Who picked it? Why? And history. Okay. So I picked this movie. Uh, this movie has been around. I mean, honestly, I'm going to be very candid. I don't even remember what a, I was young. I do not remember what age I was when I watched this for the first time, because I have seen this movie mm-hmm. so many times <laughs> at this point. <laughs> I actually um, remember seeing it at the drive-in theater. Really? Wow. Really? That's the kind of parents I had. That's mm-hmm. awesome. <laughs> I am so on board with that. That must've been amazing to see at a drive-in theater. I saw that and Poltergeist at a drive-in theater. That's nice. Fucking awesome. I don't think I've yeah. ever been to a drive-in theater. I've never been to a drive-in. I don't think they which exist. Was, yeah. And this was, which is amazing because when this movie got released, um, they actually waited till after Halloween to do it. So this was like an early November, like mid-November release too, which I thought was amazing. Mm. Especially the fact that like there's a pumpkin in the beginning of it. They're like, no, 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 no. It'll work better later on. Just figure it out. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I was 37 when I saw this for the first time, <laughs> just a couple days ago. Likewise. Yeah. I mean, really I, amazing. The, the imagery, I know that. I I know the covers. I, I can, mm-hmm. I, when I look and saw you creep show too, I'm like, yep, I recognize that cover. I recognize this one. All of it is yep. just so familiar and something I was grew up around but never, never watched. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a really not weird one because that's not the right choice of words. But most of my other people, most of my other horror heads that I hang around with and stuff like that, is that they've always seen two, and most of them that haven't seen like if they've seen the Creep Show series, they always have seen two. They've never seen hmm. one. I haven't seen any is, of them. I don't think. Well, honestly, I will for sure get in. I'm to sure two. you will. <laughs> yeah. And then probably get into Tales from the Dark Side because it's kind of like the third movie without really being the third movie, but it's still the kind of same kind of, you know. Interesting. Have you actually seen Creepshow 3? Yes. And it's It's so- I've never seen it. It is so bad. It is- Interesting. Spoiler alert. It is like, it's basically they spent the entire budget on the licensing to get Creepshow and then they panicked. And then it was just- And then they got it. And they're like, oh, fuck, we got to make a movie. Um, <laughs> it is not even like it's bad. And I love trauma movies so much. Uh-huh. Like it is war- it is like could have been filmed in someone's backyard oh, level wow. of kind of cinema. You know what? I If I've got a copy, I will I will mail that out to you just so you could just kind of silently weep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ross really likes to make people feel their worst. <laughs> their worst. It really gets them off. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Now would be the best time to pause this episode. If we enticed you with this movie and our banter right now, uh, check it out if you haven't seen it yet, because we are about to go directly into... Spoiler zone. All right, so now we're going to get into a uh, brief recap, our brief AI recap. Creepshow is a horror anthology film directed by George A. Romero and written by Stephen King. The movie pays homage to the classic horror comics of the 1950s, presenting five chilling and suspenseful stories that are interconnected through a framing narrative. The film begins with a prologue featuring a young boy named Billy who loves reading horror comic books. Billy's father disapproves of his obsession and throws away his comic book. Creep show. Later, as Billy is laying in bed, the creepy host of the comic book, The Creep, appears outside his window. 
Each story unfolds as a comic book segment of its own unique style and tone. Father's Day. A wealthy, dysfunctional family gathers on Father's Day at their late patriarch's grave. However, they're in for a gruesome surprise when the deceased patriarch rises from the grave seeking revenge. The Lonesome Death of Jordy Verrill. The backwoods farmer named Jordy, played by Stephen King, discovers a strange meteorite on his property. As he interacts with it, he becomes increasingly infected with a rapidly spreading alien plant-like organism. Something to tide you over. A wealthy man named Richard Vickers discovers his wife's infidelity and plots a twisted revenge. He lures her and her lover to a beach and buries them alive, but not before setting up a series of video cameras to record their final moments. I guess he does kind of bury them alive, but not really. He buries them for like the neck up or sorry, neck down. Neck up would, I mean, that, that, would, have been, <laughs> that would have been buried. done way faster. I guess they're still buried, but they're, yeah, I don't know. When I, when I hear buried alive, I you feel think like fully buried, but it's fully they're still bi- fu- buried, they're, right? They're still buried. I mean, the AI is pretty spot on. <laughs> This is getting pretty good. Uh, The crate. A college professor discovers a mysterious wooden crate under a staircase. Inside the crate is a terrifying creature that wreaks havoc at the university, prompting the the professor to seek help from a colleague to get rid of it. They are creeping up on you. A wealthy and germaphobic businessman, Upson Pratt, resides in a sterile and isolated penthouse. However, he soon finds himself battling a massive infestation of relentless cockroaches, leading to a chilling climax. Through the stories, the creep appears periodically, providing transitions between each segment and tying the tales together. In the epilogue, Billy confronts his father as, as the creep watches from outside. No. 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 Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's not, Yeah, that, no. The film ends with the revelation that Billy's revengeful spirit is transformed into the creep, exacting his revenge on his father. Also, not, he has a voodoo doll. That's he yeah. has a voodoo yeah. doll and he's, and he's stabbing the voodoo. He doesn't like turn into the creep. Creep show combined elements of horror suspense and dark humor, capturing the essence of the classic horror comic book experience. It remains a beloved cult classic among horror fans, showcasing the collaborative talents of George A. Romero and Stephen King. All right. So for the sh- most part, for, I got it. Yeah. Most, yeah. Shy for the epilogue landing. Everything else was pretty much intact. So that's been the least successful of this segment. Sometimes it's Although, wildly wrong. <laughs> it's, yeah. Sometimes it's really, really wrong. I guess but when you have five short stories inside a larger story, it probably we'll my see thought, how AI gets other ones. Well, my thought is the fact that I, th- I feel like this, sh- this is so beloved and well known and been around since 1982. And there's probably a lot of shit on it. That it has a lot to actually so much more work information with to re- and oh, give so something true. maybe more accurate. Only thought, but yeah, that's it. No, I think that's that's creep show. That's creep show. All right, let's get into IMD behind the scenes. God, I love that fucking. <clears throat> All right, so let's talk about some behind the scenes stuff. Now, I'm going to preface this by saying I had to really edit down <laughs> the amount of behind the scenes stuff I was going to talk about. Um, I'll probably do some sprinkling when we're getting each one of them. Uh, I would highly recommend the documentary Just Desserts, which is basically a full flank documentary of behind the scenes of Creepshow. It's a Mm -hmm. fantastic watch. So first little tidbit, uh, the marble ashtray that you see in Father's Day, the murder weapon in Father's Day actually floats around and is in every single segment of Creepshow. So it is in every uh, it's shown to the viewer multiple times. 
in Father's Day, obviously it's the murder weapon, the lonesome death of Jordy Verrill. It's next to the cash box at the Department of Meteors, mm. uh, something to tide you over on the nightstand next to Richard's bed. Uh, the crate, it's on the writing desk when Henry w- writes the letter to Wilma. Uh, they're creeping up on you. The soap dish Upson Pratt is using is the uh, is the uh, ashtray. And then the wraparound story, it's actually on Billy's desk when he first starts stabbing the voodoo doll. Oh, okay. And a ton- <laughs> little bit of extra trivia. Have you seen the TV show on Shudder? Yes. There's an episode about a dollhouse. And in that episode, yes, it has the ashtray in the dollhouse. Oh, yes, nice. it does. And it's got uh, a version of old Chief Woodenhead from uh, part two. Second one. Yeah. I haven't. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Yeah. That's so good. Um, yeah. If you haven't seen the TV series is really fun too. Uh, <laughs> okay. So obviously uh, Leslie Nielsen's in this movie and he's actually playing like a, a serious role in comparison to what we all know him for, which is really like funny just comedic and lampooning mm, roles. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was completely straight laced the entire time he was filming. But when he was behind the scenes, he had a fart machine in his pocket that he would use <laughs> in between takes. Oh, that's <laughs> and nice. while people And while people were shooting, um, he would do it during rehearsals. Apparently... <laughs> He would do it right before uh, Romero would call action. So there's a lot of scenes of Ted Danson just losing his shit right when they film, like they start filming. Of course. So during a fake, during uh, uh, during a break in filming, Stephen King uh, took his son, who is Billy, uh, that is uh, Joe Hill. Uh, they went to like McDonald's or something like that. But while he was still in the abused kid makeup. That was so realistic that apparently they sat down to eat and the people at the McDonald's called the police on Stephen King. (laughs) So he got interrogated by police with his son there. Now, this is a little bit of a EC kind of comic reference. So the Tencent Creepshow comic book featured in the film was drawn and inked by veteran artist Jack Kamen, one of the original EC artists for uh, the 1950s. Uh, So... Jack Kamen also created the poster of the film as well. Originally, oh, so there's also a comic book that actually got released that coincided with the film that was completely uh, illustrated by Bernie Wrightson. Oh, cool. It's so good. I actually have a signed copy from Bernie when I got to meet him at a ca- uh, convention. Uh, it's one of the cra- – it's so good because it's so – on par with the movie like the illustrations are fantastic and it does that little bit more gore it's got a little bit more especially like the crate you get some really good shots of uh of uh uh billy getting eaten it's mm, mm, chef's kiss mm. <laughs> uh originally stephen king wanted graham ingles uh to uh from the haunted fear to kind of do the artwork for the movie poster but he flat out refused then they talked to uh, head of EC Comics, William N. Gaines, who suggested Jack came into the assignment and came and accepted wholeheartedly. And he loved the project. That's cool that they went to Gaines. Yeah. I like the fact that, like, they were such huge EC comic fans that, like, I mean, obviously, I mean, I would love to have seen a Graham Ingalls cover of Creep Show or the poster. That would have been wild because his illustrations in Haunt of Fear are so loose and goo like if goo was a comic book artist it would absolutely be graham angles like it's just everything's dripping and gory and sinews and his corpses and zombies were just always so much <laughs> all right now we're gonna get into the first six 
That's why God made fathers, babe. That's why God made fathers. Uh, now, the first uh, first six usually goes into, uh, you know, uh, scenes, plot, uh, kills, all that kind of fun stuff. We're going to do it a little differently in this, obviously, for the anthology horror film. We're going to be doing uh, each segment as its own little thing as we kind of go through. Uh, let's get uh, – let's kind of start off with the tie around, though. Let's get let's sloppy. Get with the, let's get sorry. sloppy. Let's just do it. <laughs> I don't know if I like saying that. <laughs> that was good. I'm sloppy um, tonight. Sloppy. Sloppy. Hey. <laughs> Sloppy. Uh, no, it's oh, that's all right. Uh, let's get our beginning and I mean, it sounds fun. The being and end. Let's get the wraparound story here. So we've Prologue, got epilogue, uh, dude. Let's get the logs. The Omega. Let's get the logs. <laughs> let's get the logs out of the way. Tom Atkins as yeah. uh, father of the Sup. fucking year. Yeah, yeah. We get. Uh, <laughs> oh my god. So so why this, is he so upset that his kid has a comic book? People really hated it. this stuff. It, they they really did. I mean, like when they had. I mean, uh, it's horror. What is it? The uh, satanic panic. <laughs> well, specifically the well, horror one. Because I, I was I was trying to look around his room. I was like, he's got other like I don't know, nerdy shit in there. But it's the horror totally. comic. That's but the, he's got like the yeah, He's got like Dracula and a few <laughs> other like uh, uh, horror things in there. But I, yeah, it kind of just resonates from like parents of that. Although it's sure. filmed in the eighties, it's more of the homage to like the. I mean, this legitimately freaked out parents during the fifties. Like, and it's the reason for the Comics Code Authority was these horror comics. Yes, specifically, I think it was um, Tales of Suspense. Uh, there's like, a, yeah, we had this had a severed woman's head with you like have a, that right with a hatch. Oh God, I've no! Got- I, a shitty copy is like five hundred bucks. Oh yeah, yeah. I have I have a reprint issue one. of that okay. from like the nineties. But yeah. But again, I have but a you're reprint as well. But nice. you but you're hundred percent right. That literally spot like EC comics in and of itself was kind of the scapegoat to a larger issue with a bunch of these horror comics that kind of came out. But yeah, this is basically what sparked it and parents just fucking Hated it, yeah. Hated it. Yeah. Hated point, it. Just and slap your kid. You slap your kid, which is super <laughs> weird because it's actually like if you slow the movie down. Stephen King was on set; he was so freaked out by his son possibly getting slapped that I think it's Joe Hill's left hand that slaps himself. <laughs> like it's, <laughs> which, is, which is so weird. And it's also that painted slap mark is on his face way before the slap. Oh, which makes funny. it so, yeah. oh, it's so much yeah it's so good if you um, slow it down <laughs> if you slow, if you, slow which it one, down. you definitely have many times i get it so I like, also I love this movie so much i've watched it the whole thing in slow-mo and the whole thing in fast mo just to fast see mo. And backwards <laughs> uh which kind of introduces us to obviously the comic book creep show that gets thrown out and all that kind of stuff but we also get introduced to um the creep or Loveling, as it's known as Raul. Uh, this is an actual skeleton that they had procured and uh, did, and uh, Savini did all of his like effects work on. Okay. Like a real human skeleton? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Savini's I mean, it all was about like, it's like, ah, just get a snake, get a real one. We'll yeah, just maybe he's not skeleton. that good because he just yeah. gets everything real. <laughs> we'll just <laughs> totally. fill it with real bugs. And they actually make a, um, I don't know which season or honestly episode of the new TV show creep show, but they actually have a skeleton museum of real skeletons used in horror movies. And Raul is one of them. So mm. it's like, it, they actually show what hey, the actual there, it is. there we go. The creep. That's awesome. What, what, where does the name come from? Raul. 
Um, it was just kind of a nickname. Same thing with the crate, like the crate. So they nicknamed pops the, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they it's fluffy. So basically, mm-hmm. they nicknamed the crate beast fluffy. It's same thing with Raul. I think I they from what I read, I could be a one thousand percent wrong. Um, I don't know of a specific instance of why they named him Raul, but it's just that's what his name was. Oh sure, okay. no, I can see like that happening. That Being on set, you're on the set. You have a prop. It just somebody calls it that, and then it catches on type of thing. Yeah. Totally. Um, and f- I think th- uh, Raul and Fluffy. Fluffy was one of the first. I would say we're kind of jumping a little bit, but it kind of makes. <laughs> yeah, I thought we were following the bit. segments, not jumping I know. around. Come on, Raul, but segments. I know, I know, but they're both animatronics, and this is actually the first time that Tom <laughs> Savini did animatronics for both of them in, in his career. Fluffy was the main one, and then, uh, funny enough, most of the segment where like you actually see the creep moving basically got edited out because they added that animation scene right on top <laughs> okay animation looks better uh the co- oh man the intro to this movie with all of the comic panels is just so good so effing good all right guys let's get into father's day okay great um interesting <laughs> cool it's <laughs> i was oh my god how did i feel about this one I, I really love the the creature makeup, the whatever the father. Oh, Nate. Yeah, it's it, dude. That makeup is it's so good. I like that they used Rice Krispies for the maggots is one of my favorite things on top of that. So all the weird pox and maggots and stuff like that is just basically Rice Krispies oh, on top fun. of the sculpture and stuff. Um, I love the fact in in Father's Day, and actually a big theme in this is that a bunch of horrific shit happens during the day. So like, oh yeah, Bedelia shows up to this grave <laughs> during the day, and then kind of just like, oh god, just the interaction of the family. Like Ed Harris is like the new guy married in, and he's meeting all of these really rich elitist people. Yeah, who so that's how we're very learning about what the hell this yeah. family's about. <laughs> oh, and they're so open about the fact that Bedelia um, murdered her father in cold blood. I mean, again, nobody's a saint here because Nate himself uh, had her lover murdered. That whole sequence was hilarious. I'm too. a little like, confused on all that i'm sure you he, would are not but i was like not following he dick it totally. the lover yeah <laughs> he, he completely dictated the lover yeah he uh was a super overbearing controlling father who kind of had his daughter under his thumb a man came in who was also older like 75 or something like that what was the line it was like yeah it was a real september courtship and then the sister goes in and goes october at best this man was like 75 years old like it was <laughs> yeah. he was very fucking old and died in a hunting accident. Um, I'll drop it in the Discord when this episode drops. Uh, there's a scene missing that Tom had sculpted. Is that you see when like Ed Harris lights the match and they talk about him getting killed in a hunting accident? You see the shotgun, or you see the shotgun, the blast, and then him fall back. There's a following scene that happens where you actually see like this dude's face blown off. Oh damn! Mm. Yeah, so they kind of cut a little bit of the gore out. Sure, that would have taken it but, to a whole different level. That would have gave <laughs> Sam a six, maybe. Absolutely. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Um, I do cinematography wise, and this is throughout the entire thing. I really do like um, the, the idea of being in a comic book. And if you're allowing yourself to get in, like really immersed in that ecosystem, as in like some of the flashback scenes where the guy gets shot and killed, where it's like he, um, 
it has that weird like comic book border that's like everything's black on the background except for like the squiggles or like weird oh, like, the, lines the, and stuff the, like that. Uh, I think it's the dad's framing after he gets hit with the ashtray. That comic book frame. The, oh, the, the blood drips and everything. The blood so cloud. Cool thing just around his body yeah very cool yeah. even bedelia getting to the estate with all those driving scenes that have the panels next to each other as yep. they stop and go was just awesome yeah no i agree with you brian i think the makeup effects on nate were super fucking cool i also like the auditory like oh, when he yeah. talks it's amazing like especially in zombie movies because i mean nate's a zombie um, not a lot of them talk, like none of them talk. Specifically in Romero's, none of them talked, except for maybe hints of bub towards like, you know, oh, right, yeah. Day of the Dead. But like, dude, the filter that are on all of these creatures in this movie are fucking outstanding. Nate's I find is just... them very hard to understand. Very hard to understand. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, the second time watching it, I picked up a lot more what they were saying. The first time I had no clue whatsoever, like at all. Sure. I always watch things with subtitles, so mm. I naturally just had them on and watched sure. it. So I think I picked it up by seeing that. But yeah, I can understand that. I think Nate's is more gravelly. I think when you get to like something to tide you over with the ghosts that are in that, it's a little different, like as in like it's bubblier but this one like actually feels like it's gravelly and very distorted like well they, they it's like mechanical sounding when they go through them they're like as if they're through speakers or electronics or something mm-hmm. um, but the second time i did understand him a lot more than i understood yeah our two later zombies they were still i only got bits and pieces <laughs> <laughs> i know when i was a kid i would used to you know you talk in front of a fan oh and yes i would i would literally yes. get in front of a fan and say where's my cake where's that, my that was- cake <laughs> Bedelia. i feel like oh, ross is probably doing that at the same time yeah <laughs> where's my cake yeah god yeah you're saying like the flashback scene is fucking amazing and her like Bedelia just having the mental breakdown and just caving that dude's skull in the entire time where it's just like Bedelia, you bitch <laughs> and then I like the fact she harks on that so much on top of his grave. She's like just drinking whiskey and then being like, you bitch, you called me a bitch. Hell yeah. I mean, that dude sucked. Like he I was happy sucked. he got murdered and I was not happy that he returned and got his cake. I was like, what the fuck? You don't deserve this. No. <laughs> no. It is. And I think that's what's kind of interesting about some of these themes, especially in the EC route, is that like. Even though Nate was a despicable person and the family is this very elitist, um, obviously a lot of skeletons in the closet Mm. when it comes to their lives, is that like even even though Nate was a bad guy in the act of killing him, it still deserves some kind of revenge, albeit Mm, like – misguided. You know what I mean? Because it's like you know Ed Harris's character is fucking collateral damage. And can we talk – I know we already talked about it. Can we talk about Ed Harris's dancing in this fucking segment? <laughs> sure. I need to talk about his death as well, but go ahead. Oh, <laughs> dancing then we'll, death. Dancing that we'll, we'll dance then die. Oh, the dance um, Oh, dude. Don't let go. Uh apparently this entire thing was improv. Like they just told him to dance and he was like, "You want me to do what?" 
goes, why don't you dance? And he's like, all right, sure. And he just went for it. Mm-hmm. And they kept it in the movie. And I oh, love sure. it. Yeah. Even the girl's dance was just her jumping around. It didn't seem yes. like she was really dancing yes. either. It was like it was like um, it was like a bunch of ferrets in people suits trying to be like <laughs> we have to try to like act casual and be like, oh my god, we have to dance. Have you ever danced before? I have no idea how to do that. All right, let's figure it out. <laughs> the dancing didn't stand out that much to me. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it just seemed like. Uh, we need to see dancing. Sam dance right now because I think maybe. I mean, I, uh, I, white people dancing in the '80s is not actual <laughs> dancing. It's, it's. I think it's. I think it's the head nod where he's going towards oh, yeah. the boombox. He goes that, oh, and then kind of backs up. <laughs> he's just feeling mm-hmm. the music, man. Uh, okay. Well, now, all right. We'll get to his death. All right. So he goes out to get a smoke, and he's going to go out to uh, uh, see Aunt Bedelia and all that kind of fun stuff. He likes uh, to match in the coolest way possible. Absolutely, on top of above his <laughs> head on the, the wall. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So good without looking. Yeah. Um. He gets. <laughs> he gets to the gravesite. He sees the bottle of whiskey. He's about to take a drink, and he just accidentally slides into an open grave. And um, BT dubs, uh, I guess one of the perks about being a resurrected corpse is that that you now get telekinesis. Yes. Um, <laughs> because he's, he like ghost, tra- unless he's Magneto and that whole thing was metal. He like, he ghost trained it and kind of just moved it towards him. Concreto. Uh, <laughs> creepo. Concreto. Uh, yeah, he has the power to control concrete. Yep. Yeah. Instead of steel stuff. Okay. That's right. I'm there yeah. for it. All right. That's fine. Uh, uh, I do. I do like where he what, tries getting out of the grave and like Bedelia's body just rolls on top of him. Does it roll I'll, on top of him? I didn't understand why he didn't get out of the grave. <laughs> Either did I. He, no, it seemed like no. he just kept considering it. He'd watch the thing. About well, he felt like if like, if, like I oh, move, boy, I if, I move, if I move, if I move, it's going to fall. I'll continue to lay here and just wait. <laughs> It's just maybe, hope. It, maybe it won't fall. Maybe <laughs> it's T Rex rules. If I don't move, <laughs> move, yeah. it doesn't do <laughs> nothing. Happens. Yeah, it really did because like he lands in that thing and he kind of was like, oh fuck, and then it sl- moves more and he's like, oh shit, and I think oh. he's trying to move out and that's when the body rolls on him and then he sees Nate and then he's like, oh shit, and then we get one of the best foley artist. I mean, this is like, um. New Year's Evil level Foley say, artist. Here we go for the Foley. Um, the head splat when he gets crushed. He gets that like, Ugh! and then it's just <laughs> a legit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Rush. You sounded like a horny anime girl just now. <laughs> oh, no. It's, it was the splat. It was the splat. Oh, to this boy. day, yeah, every time so- I see, I hear that splat, I laugh out loud. Like it's just oh sure, it's so comic book and just because I'm picturing it above the panel, huge as shit, like a Batman comic from the '60s where it just has splat. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm surprised that didn't come up on screen. <laughs> I'm right. Oh, I didn't even bring this up. We still we also have the introduction to. Uh, one of the most interesting and honestly works for this movie a thousand percent lighting techniques of all time. Um, when Nate gets out of the grave, the red and blue lighting 
that's a consistent theme throughout this movie. I fucking love. And I know I brought it up in Revealer a bunch, but like this lighting style, I love so much. Like nothing screams like mm-hmm. surrealist comic book than those tight scenes. Sometimes they'd even the background behind them would just be like abstract line work lit red and blue. Yes. Right. <sighs> Yeah, so good. I hate to do this to you guys. Um, I have to go off on a tangent for just a second. I oh, just yeah. got a message from Josh. Oh, boy. Asking if you guys have made me do the initiation ritual yet. Oh, no. <laughs> what did we make? Where I, have to, where I have to chug a whole bottle of olive oil on camera. Oh, oh yeah. We haven't. We were saving that for later. <laughs> we're going to save it second after, It was going to be after the break. Let them know okay, you did it. Right. Yeah, yeah. Tell them we made you Patrons do that. Patrons only. Yeah, this is a Patreon <laughs> thing now. Yeah. He can, oh, he okay. can see it if he signs up for Patreon. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's usually usually we have our guests chug an entire thing of olive oil while all of me, why not take all of me, is playing in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you actually, yeah, it's it's weird. Uh, if you finish the whole thing of olive oil in the duration of the song, that's when we mail you the Publishers Clearinghouse swag bag for Chuddle. Oh, damn it. Okay, well... Unfortunately, I, I use coconut oil. So. Oh, oh, okay. Sorry. Well, yeah, next time we'll, we'll make sure to, to get that going on the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sorry. That's nature of my podcast is tangents. So go ahead. <laughs> well, you said they just pop in and out apparently when you're recording. They're, they're doing it to us now. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Um, okay, so yeah, so then, uh, so... Oh, so he gets up to the house. Now they're just stuck there. They're all half drunk. And now Ed Harris is gone. Bedelia's gone. Um, so is it, I think it's the aunt goes out to the kitchen and is going to go check. Okay, so, oh my God. Miss Danvers, the maid, cook, helper, mm-hmm. outer, when her face slap a on the fucking... <laughs> circle window of the double door thing to the kitchen. Not now because I've seen it 10,000 times, but at least for the first hundred times, for whatever reason, that fucking got me like it. Really? Even when I knew it was going to happen, just the like the quick like dunk, and then the muse, like the immediate yeah. piano, like dun, 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 like it just fucking got Aww. me. I don't know. Little baby Wallace was so scared. I was like, oh, shit. Is that clear? I can see it. That one's clearly big, dead. Big boy Brian wasn't scared like once during this movie. No, 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 no. Didn't have- <laughs> not even close. Um, we the- know Sam wasn't. Sam's not scared of anything <laughs> at all. But but we do get Nate in the kitchen, and that oh man, that good old head twist, that one eighty head twist on her was fucking great. Um, which does lead into the oh my god. Uh, him saying oh my god is the worst like it's so funny to me when they both go back to the kitchen and then nate comes out with the head cake and he's like i got my cake and then that's when all the really like illustrated backgrounds happen and then the brother mm-hmm. like the like the sister guys like screams but then he like the brother does that like oh wait on i can't even do it with my mic on okay oh my god like it's <laughs> The way he says, oh, my God, makes me laugh every single time I see it because it's just like so over the top. Yeah, there is certainly a lot about this that's over the top. 
Uh, I think that's the point. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. totally. Where it's just like, it just, and like every time I watch it, I'm like, God, that is such an old school comic book way of just like the huge exaggerated faces and then just the huge monumental blow up scene in the end, which is Nate finally did get his cake for Father's Day and it is a severed woman's head with a bunch mm-hmm. of whipped cream and candles. Very cool. Yeah. Oh, that's Dope. fucking so good. <laughs> Again, the visuals, the effects on this were so cool. So Loved fucking All good. of that stuff. Uh, uh, which leads us into uh, our second story, which is The Lonesome Death of Jordy Verrill. Um, this one has Stephen King. Stephen King as Jordy oh, Verrill. Yes, delivering the most subtle and nuanced performance <laughs> you've ever seen in actor deliver. Dude, oh my God. It... <laughs> Two things about two behind the th- scenes things about this is that um, so in the f- when they were talking about Jordi Vero's character, Romero was like, Steven's like, how do you want me to like do this character? And he's like, I don't like, do you want me to play him like really dumb? Do you want me to play like how, how am I supposed to do this? Romero's quote to Stephen King was, I need you to play him like Wildy Coyote <laughs> after okay. he's gone off the cliff. <laughs> <laughs> that was the only direction that he's that he gave him like that weird look of like the look of Wiley Coyote right before he's about to drop off the cliff where he looks at the camera that he goes. That's how you need to play this character the entire time. I'd be like, well, now, I'm even, now I definitely don't know what to do, <laughs> which is <laughs> weird. Well, here, I'm a writer. This is hard. Well, which is, it, Can you give it me makes a sense because he's got like these anime eyes the whole time. He's just like mm, just sucking on his fingers. <laughs> like, just. Well, it's like the most over the top portrayal of an idiot I've ever seen it, in like a movie movie. Oh, yeah. And I've seen Dinner for Schmucks. <laughs> It's wow. it's weird that Congrats. Stephen King would ask that because he created the fucking character, right? You, right? you would think, just how did yeah. you picture him in your head? Oh, exactly. Like, how, yeah, how did, how did <laughs> yeah, you right. want him to be portrayed? How am I supposed like, to play this? Didn't you write it? <laughs> and apparently, <laughs> that'd have been a better direction. Yeah, George Romero's like, I want you to be like, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so this was so while watching this. Um, I had to step away before I got my horror history, but I had never seen this before until now. However, I have had the DVD for twenty about 20 years because somebody gave it to me on my birthday in high school. And if it was my 17th birthday, I just turned 37. So it could be right around 20 oh years. God. And I've, ne- oh, I've nice. hung on to it the whole time and never watched it. I thought I had until I did watch it and was like, oh, I've definitely never seen this. But while watching it for the first time, I was like, oh, Ross fucking loves this guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what's funny, though, is that like the lone- the lonesome death of Jordy Verrill realistically was my least favorite of the five segments. Um, mm-hmm. He's... <laughs> For better choice of words, it's... he's grown on me over the years <laughs> uh, um, because of just how just because of how he like you said, he's so over the top. And then even his dream sequences were like it's like the college and, and the doctor. I, lo- I like it. It's like it's what an ab- all that tickled it's just me. like what an absolute idiot would fantasize about what mm-hmm. like what a doctor's office or what like the college of meteors would oh, be. Oh, sure. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, this this character that Stephen, Kurt, Stephen King Simpson is playing type. would really think like yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. Complete idiot. I, I really did like what he transformed into. I liked his his final turtle his form. His turtle form and was everything. Amazing. I thought that was neat. 
Mm-hmm. Um, the growth of it too, as in like all the transformation. Okay, so here's mm-hmm. a okay. This is this is a little tidbit from this thing that was in the Just Desserts. So apparently they had the budget. They built this farmhouse in this field. So like they built it and then they staged it hmm. and then they had a bunch of stuff mm-hmm. on the inside and then they slowly started putting that moss on it over the course of like days and weeks. Apparently there was a local um, airstrip that it was freaking people out because obviously if you're in a Cessna and you're dry and you're flying around, you're using physical landmarks to like figure out where you are at before you land so a bunch of pilots okay. kept on f- calling in to air control going like, hey, I know I'm at this thing, but I'm staring at a farmhouse covered in moss that looks like it's been there a hundred years. And I've never seen that before. <laughs> he goes, am I in the right location? Apparently it confused so many pilots that they had wow. to like figure out a way of telling them when they were flying in that, oh, no, there's a movie set that just was built like in a week. <laughs> So there's this farmhouse that looks like it's been there forever that hasn't been there forever. It hasn't been there forever. So pilots are pretty... Yeah. Dumb. You are here. (laughs) (laughs) So was this Stephen King's first movie appearance? You know, I think it is. I would say it is. I could be wrong, though, because I mean, in a lot of Stephen... No, wait a second. No, he likes to Hitchcock himself in a lot of his other works. Right. But did that start after Creepshow? Oh, that's a really good point. I don't know that. You keep talking. I'll look it up for you. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah, because I don't know if he's like, really, name his big acting roles. Like, this guy. Yeah. Yeah, this guy. He was that one guy in that Stephen King movie. He was that other guy in a Stephen Stephen King King movie. movie. Yeah, yeah. He popped in at this point in this. Yeah, exactly. This is like him, like, playing a part. I mean, he's the main character of the segment. And, but yeah, this one, ultimately, I was like, I was like, I had fun with a certain aspects of it, but at the end of it, I was like, all right, what was the point? <laughs> was, you know, it's just to watch this right, guy well, kill him. Other ones kind of have like a moralistic story to them, right? And this is Something. just like an idiot touched an asteroid and now he has to kill himself. Yeah. <laughs> no, it is. It is totally where it's like, it's, it's, it's the weird. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much the entire fucking segment. I mean, this is the story of a turtle, I guess. It is. It's the, it's the birth of a turtle. Um, it was not his first appearance. Okay. He was in a movie called Night Riders. Oh, not with that Night Riders. With Tom Savini, where it was yeah, they're all like played, motorcycle medieval guys, right? Yeah, he played Hoagie Man. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> I, Sounds about I've right. heard about Night Riders. I've never actually seen Night Riders before. I probably now I will have to go watch that. <laughs> uh, no, but yeah, it's, I think with all the other ones, like you, I think you guys said it correctly. Like it, it's all like revenge stuff or like just crazy happenstance or like, you know, something turns into revenge or just weird things. And I think like, unfortunately, or like the characters are bad yes. that something happens to them. And for him, or there's, like, yeah, there, there's some sort of what's wrong moral with this thing. Well, <laughs> I think with, I actually had some thought on this cause I, I knew this was going to get brought up. Um, I think for in your face. for for Jordy Barrel, I think for Jordy, honestly, it's a mixture of his greed to sell this thing immediately after seeing it. Because he's like, man, I can make like a fucking shit ton of money if I just bring this down to the college. That's why he throws water on it, which mm-hmm. causes the whole circumvention okay. of events. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like a mixture of his stupidity and his greed leads to his death, which is like, I don't know. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> It's a hard point to make in a movie like this. Oh, 100%. Honestly, but it, it, but it does. Better. 
Yeah. But the title, honestly, The Lonesome Death of Jordy Verrill, it's literally just about this lonely dude who fucking accidentally mm-hmm. breaks something and then just dies. He's a turtle. And you bring yeah, that up. Sucks. So sucks he, to you, bro. Throws water on this thing, cracks open. Ew, meteor shit. Uh, <laughs> meteor shit. Just <laughs> schlopping that stuff around. And like I said, it turns on this ginormous alien growth. I think the subtlety of not really subtle, but like the burns, they, he, he burns his fingers and he's licking and fucking sucking on the burns on his fingers. It, you look down and those horrible white headed fucking Ugh. wart blob things. I hate him. Disgusting. Hate it. Get the, out of here. The shot of Two him bumps. when he looks down at his hand Two bumps. and he's got the moss on his Two fingertips. Bumps. Two pumps. Um, and then he goes into the mirror and sticks his tongue out and he's got the fucking moss on his tongue was just the lighting behind that was so awesome where the whole background turns green <laughs> and then him just like mm-hmm. <laughs> um cool, oh, yeah. little tidbit too uh before hopping into a bath which is a horrible thing if you're covered in a in a plant-like substance i'm pretty sure you don't want to be watering it but he gets he I gets know. he gets haunted by his, <laughs> he gets haunted by his dad and um, apparently during this, uh, uh, Bingo O'Malley is the uh, Jordy's dad in this movie. And apparently while he was doing that entire sequence in the, the mirror of the medicine cabinet and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, well, George was kind of like trying to direct him. Steven was in the background just making ludicrous faces at him the entire time. And he thought he was taunting him to the point where, like, they almost had, like, a fight. And he's like, was I, no. was, I was like, was I good at, like, was I helping out? Like, Stephen King was literally like, was I, was I doing it to, to do it well? He goes, doing what? He goes, well, I wanted you to portray, like, you know, you're mad at your idiot son. So I was just making faces at you. <laughs> interesting. A lot of interesting choices on the set. Yeah. <laughs> so fucking. It'll be full of interesting choices, no doubt. So weird. <laughs> and then uh, a bunch of vodka and a bunch of orange juice happens, and uh, we get Churtle Jordy Verrill, which is now a complete plant person. And in that beautiful creep show muffled voice, dear God, please don't let me fuck this way. Like, he's literally just asking yeah. God. <laughs> Just, just a favor. I just don't want to fuck this up. I just want to die. Just let me fucking yeah. die. And uh, he does. He blows the top of his fucking. What a turtle thing to say. Like, <laughs> exactly. At that point, I, I was even like, get this right. <laughs> God, I'm so fucking stupid. I wish I could just kill myself, and I hope that works. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Yeah. He. Uh, and he is. Yeah. Yeah. He pops his top, dude. And then I think I do like the ominous apocalyptic ending to that segment, though, where like he's dead. The entire farm is completely covered in this alien substance. And then in the background on the TV, it's like, you guys are going to hate it, but your farmer's going to love it. The forecast is just rain, nutrients and everything to make is it's going to be so green. You're going to think it's a miracle or like miraculous or something like that as we Mm -hmm. get that panning shot of uh Boston sign Castle Rock, which is in the mythos of Stephen King. A lot of crazy shit happens mm-hmm. in Castle There's Rock. There's the TV show yep. about the monsters who live in a castle and form a rock band. <laughs> what? Continue. Wait, wait, <laughs> what? Yes, Sam, continue. That's, castle- <laughs> no, that's show on Hulu, Castle yeah. Rock. That's what it's about. No, right? you're thinking Fraggle Rock. Mm, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't. I don't think so. Um, oh, see, I should have done that. As in, uh, as he blows his botany brains out. 
Hey, oh, there it is. There we go. There's our alliteration. That's have our alliteration. Have, have, have to. All right. I start over from the top. Yes. What's happening? Let's do it. Right. Let's from the top. From the yes. top. Let's do it again. Over. Come on. All right. Something to tide you over. Um, Leslie Nielsen playing the straight man is kind of awesome. Like I've seen him in a few straight yeah. roles before, and he was a serious totally. actor before doing all the, like the naked gun stuff. Mm-hmm. And you know, um, yep. he's really good. This is a. I really like something to tide you over this entire sequence and segment to me was mm-hmm. really fucking good yeah um, it was definitely yeah like you good i mean ted danson acting opposite of leslie nielsen leslie nielsen was dream. awesome so it was good. a dream it's what we've all waited for and dream, i wish we could have just got late late ted danson with his white wig mm-hmm. oh yeah, yeah. Too. <laughs> you know he wears a wig right hairpiece no, I did not know that. I know he had oh, a yeah, toupee. yeah, he's very vocal about it. He's talking, yeah, toupee. He's talked for like since like Cheers, yeah. <laughs> like wow. forever. Awesome. And I had no idea. Yeah, loud and proud, brother. Yeah, it's great. Sam Malone wears a Love toupee. Hey, it was actually an episode of Cheers where he like showed Carla that his hair was oh. a toupee. It was towards the end of the series. Okay, That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, he's always been all about it. So I mean, that's sweet. I mean, his white hair is great. I love it. It's perfect. If you so look at later stage, pay good for him. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But nothing. Yeah, I would honestly, love to see that against you know Leslie Nielsen's just Leslie that Nielsen. just that's that that bone that white voice. hair is just mm, so iconic, so good, and that that voice too. I mean, all of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it was just great to hear him again. Oh, dude, one hundred percent. Yeah. Um, I like. I was like, uh, I need to watch Airplane. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I, I want to watch Naked Gun stuff. Totally, yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> I like how Empire um, scene's pretty fun. I like how conniving he is, and like Ooh, slowly yeah. as this segment kind of goes through, you realize how batshit crazy he is too, because he's playing it really straight. He's not playing it neurotic. He's not playing it like he's playing it cool and calculated the entire time. But like as he coaxes Danson to the beach thinking it's an open grave and you're like fuck like he's just waiting mm-hmm. to see his 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 lover in this pit and he realizes it's empty and now he's got to bury himself and then the, she's got a gun on him like oh i don't know i don't know if you guys have ever buried yourself in sand but like I have horror like do, i don't know as a kid i think that's actually a really good point sam that you make is that like as a kid you would do dumb shit like hey i'm gonna bury myself in sand and like do a bunch of, you know what i mean like the nostalgic factor of like I don't know, going to the beach and like, just, I don't know. Just <laughs> Sam's like, what when point? Did I make that point? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. As in like, like my nostalgic kick of like, uh, this would be for younger viewers than adult viewers. Uh, yeah so it's like (laughs) as a kid like i'm realizing that ted danson like getting buried up to his neck i was like oh i've actually experienced that feeling before and it's horrifying like that's especially when you can't physically move out of that position like sure oh see as a kid i would have more related to um the husband of your lover shows up at your house and wishes you to seek revenge on Were you. you um, Sam an has an old soul. He's yeah. very mature for his super, age. super mature. I was like, age. don't worry, dude. She was going to, she didn't want anything from you. She just, she just wanted to be with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, so I met, maybe I missed, is he like, how is he buried? Okay, How is so his body up and down. The way he did, I think he had to like sit in that hole. I don't he's think on his he's enough. on his knees. Sit, so is it yeah. like crisscross applesauce? 
on his knees. He's on his knees. That's what we say. I need you to get on your knees and bury yourself up to the neck. So basically he's on his knees and then kind of buried and then up to, and I guess, you know, Leslie kind of just fill up the rest of it. I have an ongoing theory though. Sort of taps it down with the shovel once no, he's all no, in tap, there. No, tap, tap, tap. Yeah. I have, I do have a theory. That's escapable. I think the crab was trying to help him. Oh, you're team crab. I'm team crab. Okay. I'm in definitely team crab. Are you kidding me? Like the next scene is that like. He's going to dig like, him out. He's going to dig him out. It's a crab. He's like, it might take. a crab, maybe. It might, it might take me a few hours, if not days, but I'll try to get you out. All you got to do is loosen it up a little bit. Yeah. Just a little Yeah. Wiggle yeah, a little exactly. Bit. The wiggle. You know, if you've ever been buried in sand, I would always try to be able to how to figure it out. Just yeah, yeah, totally. You, you can start do doing it. the wiggle, and you can do it. Especially, I would. That's what I was saying. I was thinking Especially if he was up knees, and down, like be much way, it'd be like impossible. That'd be a lot harder. Totally. But you're kind of like squatting at this point. You can. If stand you're squatting, up. you can create more yeah. negative space in there, leverage or so something. that you know. But it even proves it. There's more like, room to start the wiggle. I want you to move, and he's like, try to move. By all means, you can scream, you can yell. I like the play- fact that this place is called Comfort Point, and then mm-hmm. he calls his house the Comfort Station. It's, <laughs> it's, so, it's such a, I don't know, it's such a weird fucking thing to call your shit. Oh, the comfort. Yeah, so his money is from electronics or something? He's well, really, he's like a- I would think so. He's like an electronic he's nut, like a, basically. He likes yeah, recording yeah. everything. Like, he's got security right. cameras in his house. Well, and he criticizes Ted Danson's. To, he's like, I'm surprised you didn't notice the picture wasn't working while your cables are a bit loose back here. He could. Well, so just, it seems like he's really he's into huge technology, into tech. Baby. Yeah. That top of it's the like line VHS technology. Yeah. I mean, 82, yeah. I thought about that. I was like, damn, not many people probably had this. Can was, you? Beta, was Betamax? Well, yeah, VHS was around, right? So then they would have... Betamax would I don't have been know which too. one it was. Laserdisc, did that jump on yet? In 82? No. Mm, not yet. VHS had just started in 82. Yeah. Because I remember one of the first – we used to have to rent a VCR from uh, Publix, mm. and we would rent movies. <laughs> a VCR yeah, from Publix. A top-loading oh. VCR. And one of the first movies my parents rented after we got it was Creepshow so they could watch it again. That's awesome. Cool. So, I love that. Yeah. And in fact, this- my – my dad used to love playing with the frame by frame and the scene in father's day where uh, the aunt gets her head snapped. Uh, mm-hmm. He would do that frame by frame. <laughs> That's huh. amazing. Yeah. My dad was weird. I love that. <laughs> I think it was amazing. when I was watching this, it did remind me of specifically re- remembering when supermarkets had a video Section yes, that you could go and rent or buy movies from. I was like, yeah, like not everyone was getting on the train, and that's how you did it. You could go, you know, get your groceries and rent a movie. I definitely got rent movies, a movie. on, bought sure. movies from the little library at Publix and mm-hmm. uh, Farmore or Eckerd. One of the God, there was something else. Um, yeah, pharmacies had video rental mm-hmm. in it. Yes, I can't remember. There's another one that was by my house down there as well that did that too. That I don't remember. Laserdisc was first released in 1978. What? So it wasn't popular by any means, probably. It never got really popular, I'd yes. say. But yeah, <laughs> there was probably like one video and it was probably some weird like <laughs> medical video that you could get. <laughs> I, I have the, Back to the Future on Laserdisc. You know, I have some random episode or Doctor Who movie special on, on Laserdisc. Laserdisc. You know, I'm ju- now just thinking about it. He has to work in electronics because the amount of wi- just wire that he had to do from his house 
all the way to the beach. Oh yeah, he's doing that himself. He's doing that one hundred percent himself. That's miles of. He also had to. He also buried. Well, um, he's rich and an aficionado. Rich and aficionado, I guess. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, yeah. because he's got two setups. Not only is Ted Danson's character, and he's running a live feed. He's doing yeah. a live feed, but he's also got <laughs> Becky on the opposite end of the beach, also buried, also being recorded. But unfortunately, she can't see. She can't. She can't see. She can't um, see him. Ted, Dan- yeah, Ted Danson, because but he can see her because the tide came up too fast. And we, he couldn't put a TV out there or something like that. Is that's how he describes it? Yeah. But yeah. So we get the TV of just I like, but God, that. oh my God, <laughs> just the idea of you've you've now volunteered begrudgingly by gunpoint to be buried up to your neck, and then he shows back up, and then he literally is like, "You're not getting out. I'm going to kill you. I mean, you might survive if you can hold your breath." And he's showing how. <laughs> His lover, who's now drowning on the other side of the beach, is like sitting. Mm-hmm. No, see, no, no, no. See, she's she's panicking. You can't panic. You just you gotta you gotta remain cool. You gotta hold your breath. She's and like that whole sequence to me real was sadistic. really fucked up, especially for like very cold sadistic. Yeah, yeah. From Leslie Nielsen, totally. <laughs> which is in that Leslie Nielsen voice, that sweet, sweet. Which voice. is this voice? Can you tell I'm Leslie? Le- you came back <laughs> for Channel the Pod. That's right. Wow. Dead and loving it. Dead and loving hey. it. Hey, Leslie hey. Nielsen. That's the thing. When he gets home, Ted Danson. Speaking of Ted Danson, <laughs> when Ted da- when Ted Danson turns to the fucking camera and I fucks him. Like, he's like, I'm going to get you, Richard. I'm going to fucking get you. <laughs> I'm going to mm-hmm. get you, Richard. That, I don't know, that whole subsequent scene of him doing that and then them, um, like, you kind of have the mannequin head because obviously they didn't really bury Ted Danson right by the beach with, like, the camera and stuff. But, like, when the tide rolls in, what? he does that. Oh, my God. The whole sequence of him underwater drowning mm-hmm. with the red rage coming out from behind his oh, head. Yeah was so so fucking good the lighting in this movie at just so goddamn good Mm -hmm. i love yeah no the beautiful visuals so here's a question i have for you guys because i've been having this debate for ever centuries centuries for a millennia i think that the resurrected bodies of harry and becky are ghosts and they're not zombies the only reason i say that is because when now we have the mist in the cameras because you can't there like he has his entire place on lockdown, so like when the ghosts show when Harry and Becky now mm-hmm. waterlogged and really fucked up looking and covered in seaweed are showing up to his place, you can't see them on video, and then you open the door and all these things kind of leading up. They also can teleport, right? Yeah, that would right. be the big one for me. So. I'm leaning that they're more like revenge ghosts than zombies. Yeah, but I think they can be corporeal, like they can show up physically because obviously they react to getting shot with the uh, like foreheads exploding and that's very true. Yeah, God, but then he locks himself in the room and they pop up on the other side, so they also have that ghosty, yes, teleporty thing going on. That entire scene where. Oh my god, dude. Okay, so the whole scene of the paranoia of him having the gun, and then they actually show up, and then the first shot goes into Becky's head. We're like, oh god, they're not going down. Oh, oh shit. Oh shit, he's fucked. Oh shit, he's fucked. And then he closes the door, and then you think he's okay, 
to this day, the turnaround where they're both in the bathroom with him fucking gets me. I don't know. Like, it's oh. not like, ah, like freaks walls. me out, but it's still, I still kind of have. Oh, baby. Okay, that's behind the couch every time. I got that. Tw- no, I get that. I get that tingle. <laughs> I get that. Like it, the, the, the cockles for sure. Cause like, because I, yeah. I remember the first time watching that and then that legitimately I got got like, that was like, okay. I wasn't sure, expecting them. Of course, to yeah. I feel that. It did not get me. Oh. I'm sorry. No, no, no it's, yeah. I, it's understandable, man. Sam, you don't even need to say that at this point. We know it. You're not scared. Hey, <laughs> if this is your first time listening, I'm a big boy who doesn't get scared. <laughs> <laughs> I do like the. I love the fact at this. I'll vouch for it. This showering sequence too is that he gets out of the shower with the driest hair I've ever seen in my life. Like, I love the fact that this mm, man is like, sure. it's because you can tell that Leslie well, he hasn't got under yet. Right. Because we see him. He's like watching TV. It is the f- shower uh, head is in like a weird spot, too. I feel like he'd have to like duck under it anyway. Low shower head. <laughs> Tall boy. Low, low race shower right. head. What happens to this man? Dude, they, we just want to take you to the beach. <laughs> Let's go to the beach. Uh, uh Yeah, no, he gets <laughs> taken to the beach. They set up the fucking camera and uh, they traipse back into the ocean. And then he kind of just goes, I can hold my breath a long, long time as a wave crashes into his mouth. And then his eyes get super like, freeze oh, frame. yeah, freeze frame, <laughs> freeze frame, comic book shot, which is also my shirt, which you can't see because of my background. Yeah. Um, keep doing this. Your background keeps popping over everything. Everything, dude. Yeah. Uh, little tidbit about this sequence is that there is actually an alternate ending to this story. Okay, oh. interesting. So the alternate. I'm here. So the alternate. So the alternate story is um, when the goat. They have a threesome. It's how did you know? Gugos. Uh, he calls no. He calls the cops. He he thinks that like <laughs> he he thinks that uh, uh what is it? The uh, cops come? arrest these zombies. They arrest the, the no. zombies. No, they he, take them away. He, no, he thinks that Harry and Becky have survived. He hasn't seen them in full zombie mode yet. So like he calls uh. the police. Be like, I have these intruders at my house. And then he gets the bejesus scared out of him by these ghosts. But then the cops actually show up, and he goes, I have them on tape. He goes to show the recording of the surveillance, which doesn't show anything because you see ahead of time that they're not – they can't be recorded on videotape. But what he does have is the – it miraculously starts showing the – interaction between Harry the crime the, the crime between Harry and him and yeah. him describing Perfect. how he's murdering them and he looks over at the cops and he goes that's not supposed to be on this fucking tape blah 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 and then the mm-hmm. end scene is him it goes through like a trial and like he gets oh. he gets sentenced to death and the end scene is him in the gas chamber screaming I can hold my breath a long long time and that's how mm. the sequence ends that that feels a little more easy to yes. me yeah um that 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 he would accidentally show them that whole all yes. the way that yeah, all yeah. played out feels a little more S- true to the comics. Super super easy. All right, guys, we're getting into fucking my one of my favorites of all time. We are getting into the crate. Yes. Um. 
Which is kind of, given all the other names of the episodes, this is kind of the most yes. basic title. Yeah, it's not very most literal fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, it's a crate. Let's call this one the crate. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Something I would have done. Yeah. This is, this is just called the crate. Um, we are introduced to, um, to Billy and uh, Wilma Northrup Wilma. is – God, she's fucking annoying. It's so annoying to the fact, at least in my copy, the dialogue during that party scene where you get introduced to um, Henry and Wilma and Dexter and all this kind of stuff at this like uh, college alumni meeting. Um, I'm pretty sure she drops the C word and they had to edit that out and then redub crack or crab on top of that, which is hilarious to me. Oh. Isn't it crotch? Is it crotch? Yeah, crotch. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Oh, I didn't notice. Yeah. No. And you can see like Maybe. in her words that she's definitely saying cunt and it's hilarious where I'm like, okay, even the writing got so crazy on this character. Like, okay, we got to tone that back just a little bit. Like we need to. <laughs> Stephen her, King. Yeah. The King. We're like, we need to. We need to uh. the, the cursing in this movie feels like the way a child would curse. It's not used very well in my opinion. It's just like tossed into like. Right. Make something funny or like. See, it's for adults. That's why I said shit. Yeah. Or it's um, uh well like, what is it? Even the even the um <laughs> Mike the janitor in this scene where he flips the quarter and drops. I think it's called like fuck a doodle, fuck a something, where he I don't know, it's in subtitles, which makes it even funnier in the sequence. <laughs> but it's like he drops the quarter, which goes underneath, which he finds this fucking crate in which he calls uh which one does he call up? He calls up De Dex. Dex. So he calls up Dex from the party to kind of be like, hey, I've got this ginormous crate. Arctic expedition from June 19th of 1834. So at this point, this crate is 147 years old. Yeah. Just been chilling. Yeah. Hanging out. Just hanging out. Just doing stuff. I Maybe it's been eating people the whole time. <laughs> All these co-eds have gone missing. And cleaning up. That's the prequel one where it's the crate unopened. I will give okay so the, looking at a crate just that's it an hour and a half it's kind of like Titanic 2 where it's just right the ocean. Titanic yeah too. which is just yeah, the yeah. ocean for an hour and a half um okay Wilma's death scenes in this the dream sequences of this man tr fantasizing about murdering his wife I laugh every single time she gets shot in the head at that party. It's not the fact of like the, I think the gunshot is fine. I think the gore, the squib is completely fine. I think it's all of them turning around and golf clapping him <laughs> mm -hmm. is so good to me. Amazing. It's so yeah. fucking great. That they would all appreciate him. Yes. Like for that. I'd be like, oh, oh thank, thank you. God. But we're still very civilized yes, here. This is, this is great. I love this. All Fantastic. within his fantasy of not just killing his wife, but yeah, they're all appreciative. Is, yeah, fun. Because yeah, everybody hates her as much as he does. Yeah. He thinks, which is probably not wrong. We <laughs> I love that he always calls her Wilma every time he talks to Wilma. her. What would I do? What would you do without me? Um, so now we are in the college. We get this crate out of its little hidey hole that it's been hiding in. I'm assuming for probably not since was it the 18 late 1800s, but probably close to it. I don't know. Uh, first off, if you feel something shuffle in a thing that's that old, right? And then 
and then you hear something like a chirping, why would you reach immediately into it? Even if you think it's sapphires or like emeralds, you know what I mean? Like he's like, oh, precious metals. The chirping of sapphire. Ch- yeah. Well, if You've it's never- a chirping emerald, I got to get my gotta hands get that. on that. That's some like. <laughs> isn't that- I couldn't tell you why. Isn't that, isn't, <laughs> isn't that like a plus five to next to <laughs> Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, I don't know. Nonsense. Yeah. Um, <laughs> although we do get some of the most violent sequences in the film. In agreed. In I, to this. me, this sequence and then the and the last segment, the end of that one, are where the gore. Oh, totally. Yeah. Lies when when the janitor when the janitor gets it. You know when he bites it. Um, I think they were able to get away with so much blood in this because of the red lighting. Because like in the initial mm-hmm. scene where it's like he gets bit and the entire thing flops over and like there's just the janitor with his hand still lodged in this before Fluffy kind of makes his grand entrance. Is that you have like this huge trickle of blood coming down his arm and then you get the giant reveal of Fluffy. And this thing is like a it's like a Yeti and a dwarf. Like, like a thing of like it kind of had a bait. Like it's super tiny. Like it's super, super tiny. It's almost like a mini. It's like if you have like a uh, like a mini pit bull. It's been living in a crate. Yeah. Crate size jetty. Yes. Pint what's size. Our, what's our crate size, we figure? Like it's not a massive crate by any standpoint. Four, I think it's probably what, like four by four by four, four by three, maybe. You know what I mean? Like it's not a massive crate. That is not a massive crate. But uh, it, maybe it's the product of, of some kind of geneticist trying to create a pocket-sized Yeti. Ooh. Oh, that's oh, I like that. I need a pocket-sized Yeti. Pocket monster. Pokemon. <laughs> it's a Pokemon. That's, yeah. It's literally, it's, <laughs> you can only get it down to crate yeah. size. Gotta yeah. catch them all. This is only in a crate, though. Like, again, this I is, have this Yeti, this is a, but it's not crate <laughs> size. <laughs> it's, it's like a bonsai kitten, except it's... <laughs> it's a it's a it's a yeti crate it's basically you you birth a yeti you throw it into a crate you feed it until it fills the size of the crate and then it kind of just like you know dwarfs itself and then you let it sit for a hundred plus years yeah. and it's ready and to then go. it gets real fucking hungry mm-hmm. um but that's how you do it dude the ch- oh my god okay well, obviously you get the bigger reel but then it starts eating the janitor and like God, the amount of blood. Dude, there's so much blood in this scene, it short circuits the outlets. That's when you know it's a good like it's a good blood scene. That's interesting. I don't recall much blood at all. It's hard though. <laughs> you know, I, I, it's it's the red filter. Honestly, it's like cuz the entire thing shot in sure. red is that when he gets bit, it goes all the way through, but there is a copious amount of blood that is coming out of this box. I mean, literally by the end of it, like it short circuits the, the plug-in because uh-huh. of the amount of blood in it. It's, um, but again, I think blood. the only reason why they were able to get away with it on camera is because it had of such a dramatic red filter on it because like to the point where it might not be noticeable if you watched it twice recently. Yeah, right. <laughs> I do have to give credit with the, oh man, out of all the different ways of trying to kill your wife, Having like you have Dex who obviously the janitor dies and then we get the um, the super smart kid, Charlie, who's played by Robert Harper, who he like incoherently babbles to 
at, at the college and he goes, I'll just go check it out. And in the meantime, obviously Fluffy has put his crate back in its hidey hole. And, uh, dude, how do you think he did that? Just like stuck his little arms out and dragged himself back there. Oh no, he, no, like, I'm just he's going. out. He was out of the crate. Cause like when Charlie gets killed, he's still out of the crate. You know what I mean? So like, sure, that's yeah. Because they opened the crate, they didn't close it all back up. So how does he? Oh, he literally gets get back in the crate. He just crawls back into it, just for fun. Well, it's <laughs> like his. Well, I think they kind of bring it up or Charlie safety box. He's been in there for a hundred plus years. years, and I think Dex even says he goes, "Oh, he put it back where it was originally from because it's his safe spot. Nobody's touched that thing in one hundred and forty-seven years. So it's like that's the only area it knows where it's like, oh, no one's gonna fuck with me. Like I'll just sure, but he hides." outside of it for this kill but the next kill he's hiding inside yeah because at that point he's eaten two people so like um we've get oh god but the charlie death is wild because he goes in to try to get that's the the gore of the well that it's very solid super solid (laughs) i'll say that he gets he tries he flips the boot to get the bite ratio and then we get fluffy in full fucking attack mode he gets his like clavicle neck just chomp bit the fuck out. He got, I think part mm-hmm. of his arm got bit, and then the- You got chomp bit the fuck out. You got chomp bit the <laughs> fuck out on that one. Fluffy tore his ass up. Uh, yeah. Oh, just the fucking, the hand, the claw hand, and then the scratch down that goes through his mm. eyeball, and then just all that blood. Oh, it's so good. It's so fucked up. It's so <laughs> fucked up. It's just so good. Well, Ten-year-old Ross is like, oh, oh my! I was like, this is yes. what the fuck, <laughs> right? <laughs> and then going to um, Wilbur's house and like explaining the entire situation, or Henry, sorry, Henry's house. How? Yeah, uh, Henry, Henry, going to Henry's house uh, and kind of explaining all this thing. I, I really like that Henry takes this seriously. Like he's like, okay, this is terrible. Um, you're my friend. I want to get you out of this bind, which any logical person, it's like Dex is not going to be held responsible for a lethal animal that's been kept in there for a hundred plus years. Like, I don't think the faculty is going to like really go after him for that, where it's like that's whole subplot is like, I got to cover it up. I got there's the quarry, I guess. But like, I don't know. Well, I guess he thinks that nobody's going to believe him for some reason. It's not like the monster. It's not like Fluffy disappears and now he has no like alibi. Totally, yeah. If like if he had just like gone in the wind, like I would totally understand the fact of him like being like, "Oh fuck, I have to cover up these bodies." But like he's right. just chilling under the stairs, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I do. It's the the springboard for like Henry going like, "God, that's crazy." Could it kill my wife? <laughs> <laughs> This is a way I could do it without getting caught. He's All the other ways I fantasize about it is killing her, shooting her in the face in front of a crowd of people. <laughs> that just won't do. Yeah, Henry's got a really limited range of like, like acceptable murder on his wife. Um, that entire segment, though, of him cleaning up the bodies and cleaning up the crime scene, quote unquote, and all that kind of stuff, while that he, you're hearing that handwritten note to Wilma, just hamming her up. And just being like, I know you can do this. Like, you're way better at this. As you always say, what would I do without you? That felt like a very easy line yeah. Like to bring that just back. Just to bait and oh, switch yeah. this to Wilma to show up. So Wilma does show up. 
And God, I love the fact that he cannot even be in the same room as her for more than 30 seconds. And this motherfucker is just laughing his ass off. He's just like, holy shit. Just he has to turn around to tell her to he's like, go back in there so she doesn't you're see gonna him. Go back and go get it. And he's and yeah, and the whole once you see what he did to her, you'll think yeah. it's hilarious. She's like, okay, because yeah, the entire the entire ruse is that Dex sexually assaulted or physically assaulted a coed, and is this yeah. and this woman now is like in a fetal position, crying like a baby underneath the stairs. Is what Wilma's led to believe going into this she's like oh sure i'll help out with that it's 1982 i'll help cover this (laughs) up i was like what the fuck uh i love okay and also in like true ec comic format is that he lures his wife there and he's and then he shoves her and he's just like wait and then of course fluffy's asleep the entire fucking time <laughs> that he's trying to murder mm-hmm. his fucking wife until she rags on his ass so much it wakes Fluffy up and he just chomps her face off. Yes. So going back to the moralistic part of these tales, yeah. this one is just this is an annoying drunk lady and deserves to die. Well, I don't think so. That these guys really can play chess together the rest of their lives. No, it's just like she's just a rotten person who's now affected his personal and business life. Like he's just made his life a living hell, and it's not necessarily like he's. It's not necessarily like he's doing a good thing by killing. But usually, her. then he would get his comeuppance for having done that. You know, what totally. I mean? Which. We would have seen Fluffy standing outside dripping wet at the end or something like well, that. Well, now that you bring it up, the open-ended question on that <laughs> is that after Billy gets killed, he winds up getting new locks. He puts the lock, throws this thing in the car, and takes it to the quarry, which it kind of understands by the end of like kind of what's going on. It's either releasing it or you know just trying to kill it. It throws it in the quarry, and it, it breaks out of the crate. So like – I think the twist at the end is that because of his selfish actions of murdering his wife and covering up these murders, he's now unleashed Fluffy into the world. Like, as in, like, now he's got this unstoppable, like, it, how how much can this thing eat? Like, how hungry is this thing? And now by the end of the but story- that's not like some- I don't think he has any moral- dilemma with that he doesn't like, care there's, no, there's, no. there's nothing going back to the the, the comeuppance of the character yeah like yeah. in the um first one the ant killed the dad and now he th- comes back as a zombie is killing her and bad things happen the tide one um leslie nielsen does the bad thing has a bad thing happen to him oh totally no i don't think it's a moralistic thing towards them i think it's just in general it's like for because they did a terrible like because henry did a like a terrible thing by having fluffy basically kill his wife he's now done a worse thing by releasing fluffy so he's just extra it's just extra bad so it's like this evil deed this bad deed did bad stuff you thought he was bad before now he's He's double bad bad. he's worse than you thought the end the end also one thing i love is when fluffy starts to attack wilma he turns to henry and it he grunts something, and it's almost like he's saying thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Thanks. I do like <laughs> which I would love. At the attack, they high five. All the color changes and <laughs> everything again. 
Oh, oh yeah. Classic color For changes, sure. dude. Yeah, the 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 red and blue are just in full effect this entire movie. We get to our last segment, which is they're creeping up on you. This one is oh man, it's just gross. It's just bug gross. Like this is mostly just bug gross. Um and we get a really baddie bad. We get Upson Pratt, who is basically like a cartoonishly interpretation of like like what the one percent is. Like he clearly and actively in dialogue is like all people to him are insects and bugs, and it's for him to like squish them, crush them, and make as much money as humanly possible. And we and we find him in his like soup because he's also a germaphobe. And he's germaphobic, yeah. So he's in like this pristine, <laughs> supposed to be a germ germ apartment. apartment. So in, <laughs> what's funny is that in the original story, um, it's supposed to be a mansion, like it's supposed to be like an old timey mansion that uh, Upson mm-hmm. lives in. And they realize for the for filming purposes, like there's no way that they'd be able to get that many bugs to fill a house like that, or film them in a way mm. that you could actually see them. So they decided oh, sure. to be yeah, like, yeah. okay, what would be the best determination? Okay, let's do um, a, sterile, a sterile white environment. So this little tidbit is actually brought by Bloody Disgusting um, because I was really curious on um, how the hell they got all the roaches for this. Like where they came where from? They all yeah. came, where they all come, where they came, where they came from. Um this is when they were talking with uh, uh, production. This is a quote from one of their um, articles. Production sought out purchasing live cockroaches for this segment from New York because the whole segment is done in New York. The problem is, is that to purchase them, they'd cost 50 cents a roach, which would add up fast for the approximate 20,000 roaches that they needed. Instead, entomologists. And yeah, entomologist Ray Mendez and David Brody went to Trinidad, waded waist deep in a cave filled with them and brought back about 18,000 roaches. The roaches received uh, their own like on the plane, right? The roaches received their own trailer to be kept in bread for more. Um, so apparently what they didn't realize is that roaches hate direct sunlight. <laughs> Oh, they're trying to film these roaches, and the second they would hit the stage, uh, they would just scatter fucking everywhere. Oh, sure. So, like, yeah. so they had to, they wound up, they had 18,000 of these roaches, and more than, more or less, they had to, like, not scrap them, but they had to use a wild amount of raisins and nuts in shots to show <laughs> cockroaches because those are like, they were like, oh, they look like them from a, from a distance and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Oh, that's great. <laughs> they also um, infested. So by the end of the the production of this thing, right, of this segment, um, they there were so many cockroaches that got loose that apparently to this day where they film this, there's pro- like descendants of these cockroaches still living in the walls. All of the props that were used for the film like had cockroaches in them. And that makes sense. When you said they didn't realize that cockroaches didn't like light, I thought you were going to say didn't realize that rock cockroaches are just going to get loose and infiltrate everything. <laughs> yeah. 
that's what I would have expected. Laying <laughs> eggs everywhere and fucking. Just, oh oh my god, all over the place. All right, so this is just the second half of the uh, part of the article. For the scene that sees the roaches pouring out of the vent towards Pratt. The entomologists and roach wranglers poured a barrel full down a funnel so that they come rushing out of the vent. But in one take, they just ran back the other direction, covering the wrangler instead. Zavini, <laughs> Zavini created a dummy of E.G. Marshall for the segment's finale in which the roaches burst forth from his dead body. Underneath, the entomologist pumped plungers full of roaches into the dummy until they burst forth from the other side. These roaches, in all different shapes and sizes were to be exterminated at the end of the production, but because it was impossible to wrangle them up back after a scene, the roaches has gotten into everything. Furniture, props that people took as mementos after uh, them still had roaches, and the building probably still has descendants of those roaches living in them. It was probably by far more likely that the cast and crew on that set developed a fear of cockroaches than anybody watching the film. Because apparently the, the entire time they were just surrounded by cockroaches. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Pretty gross. So the gore on him on the chest bursting oh, of all the roaches coming out. That so is so wild. Supremely gross. That mm-hmm. is that's a good yeah. one. That was that and the the fluffy kills were what I was thinking of for the gory part. Oh, one hundred percent. Because like I think it's fun because he has that heart attack in his room. I I like how the roaches pulled a uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part Two and were just hiding under the sheets, going like, "Oh my god, when he comes in here, we're gonna get him." They're so gonna wait bad. for him to come in. We're gonna yeah. get him so fucking bad. Oh my god, we're gonna get him so bad. Um, and they did to the point where he had a fucking like basically like a heart attack. And then God, dude, that. The scene of them coming out of the and dummy. Then he was filled with bugs, it turns out. Filled with bugs. I think it's that scene. There's your the problem. Regular. You're filled with bugs. Mm-hmm. Mr. Pratt. <laughs> What's the matter, Mr. Pratt? Bugs got your tongue. Uh, that I did like the way the door looked visually with the eyeballs and the mouths when he was talking with the super whatever it was yeah just like oh the yes. stylization of that i abs one of my favorite lines from there is that he's boasting that his one bedroom apartment costs 3200 a month mm-hmm. and i was like i was like oh that's that's not bad i'm like oh wait no no, no this is in 1982 so that must have been like an assholeish yeah. amount of money times four at yeah least. at least yeah, for sure <laughs> <laughs> uh and I mean, is there anything else? I mean, I, I think we kind of talked about the uh, beginning epilogue. Uh, oh. We didn't talk about the closing we, of it, though, did we? Or did yeah, we? A little bit, but- We we talked about how Jet, chat GPT had it wrong. Oh, yes, that's very true. Oh, yeah, that's true. So now we that have the- something they got wrong. Now we have the end of the film, which is the comic book closing up, and we have our special effects guy himself, Tom Savini, playing one of the garbage men. Uh, as they mm-hmm. throw everything out and they're going through and they realize that the voodoo doll ad is uh, – it's been clipped out. Someone sent in for a voodoo doll and we get Tom mm-hmm. Atkins and his wife at the bottom uh, downstairs calling out for Billy as – I like how that just progresses where like she's ironing the shirt and then she sees the giant cloth taken out of the side of it, doesn't bring it up and just tosses it and is like, God, I've had the stiff neck all night. Mm-hmm. And then the fucking just Billy in his room going, I hope you want you to fucking die. That voice he does is fantastic. <laughs> just 
And then we get that Funny. beautiful red and blue lighting as he's just violently stabbing the throat of this voodoo doll as Tom Atkins is just like, <laughs> not full churtle, but like probably if he get if he gets, oh, no, no, but if he gets, no, uh, he's not churtle. Yeah, no, but if he's, but it's a voodoo doll. So like if he's going to stab him for another week and a half of that, we may very likely get a Tom Atkins sure. churtle. It could send you to the down a turtle road, yeah, funnel, yeah, turtle funnel, spiral, <laughs> the, turtle spiral. the turtle spiral, yeah. turtle down the spiral. Oh, the downward turtle spiral. I love that album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was yeah. <laughs> Sabo. So, uh, is there any other little tidbits, anything like that, before we uh, take a break, gentlemen? You tell me. You guys tell me. <laughs> I have no more notes. Yeah. I can't think of anything else. Perfect. Wonderful. Well, you did such a good job. <laughs> He's on well, it. Thank you. Boo. Boo. <laughs> well, and on that lovely note, uh, we're going to take a quick break. Hungry. And we're back. Let's get back into the six again. Part two. Undead cake boss. Hey. Here's the first one. Uh, would we survive <laughs> creep show? That's tough. This is a tough one, obviously. Yeah. Um, so I would say yes. So very specific scenarios. <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't see myself getting into. Yeah, I don't see anybody wanting to take revenge on me. I mean, yeah. I hope not. I but yeah. I not think. since I was in elementary school now. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I, I will was- I will say that Creep Show did teach me that if a meteor crashes in my house, let it cool off on its own. Yes, that's true. I will. Yeah, don't fucking touch the meteor touch it at all. Yeah, that right? might be the don't the, touch uh, space junk. Yeah, don't touch space junk. Yeah, no, I think I yeah I agree. I think we would. Uh, I think we would definitely survive. I feel I would like say the crate is the tough one, right? Right. Oh yeah, fluffy. If we were to find that crate and encounter mm-hmm. it, but oh yeah, I think probably the crate would be the one that would. I pro- we probably wouldn't survive Fluffy. I mean, not all of us. Mm-hmm. Did anything pull you guys out of the movie while watching it? I mean, yes, but it seems like that is the movie. I mean, I was never really fully in it in the way that I was pulled out by anything. Okay. No, that makes sense. I, I was actually curious, Brian. I know anthologies you aren't as big on especially depending on how it's all stitched together uh-huh so as being presented as these stories from this con like how did that work for you this way of storytelling anthology i okay i guess mm-hmm. okay i mean ultimately i think i don't know i wasn't i wasn't upset by it because it didn't rely mm-hmm. on like a through story that you had to keep going through. But at the same time, I almost felt like I was missing something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I felt like we can get into it with the rating in, in a minute. Because I think that'll reflect some of my scores over there. Cool. I'm into that. What would this movie's band name be? And what kind of music would they be playing? Um, I called them the ghoulish groove and gravestones and they sing horror Billy as I called it. It's like rockabilly, okay. but about like horror stuff. <laughs> yeah, sure. That's a, okay. Isn't that a genre? <laughs> Probably. It's Rob Zombie, isn't it? That's psycho Billy. <laughs> it's Rob- yeah, that's psycho Billy. <laughs> <laughs> this is horror Billy. <laughs> that's funny. Cause, uh, my band name is call me Billy and it's like Ooh. a, uh, wow. Sort of throwback. I guess maybe like a vaporwave type band. Okay. Um, it's a modern band that makes 80s style uh, music. I see. 
Um, but not yeah. They they sound kind of you know Tears for Fears, Depeche Mode mm-hmm. type of band. Call Me Billy with a flock of seagulls haircut. I like oh, that. Oh, perfect. Don, do you have a do you have a band and a possible that you would? Uh, I don't have a band name, but I would think as far as like the music genre, I would think something like the Misfits or the Cramps. Oh, Ooh, that mm, that's works really very good. well too. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, I was going to say, I would, oh man, uh, I have, a, I got two. First one is Lunkhead, and mm-hmm. Lunkhead oh. is a uh, <laughs> is a bluegrass thrash band. Okay, okay. I'm not sure what that means. <laughs> I don't know either, man. When I look at Jordy <laughs> Verrill, I'm like, man, no, I'd be pissed. You hear it. You're going to know, yeah, <laughs> like like Jordy Verrill at the end, when you see it, you're going to know exactly like, okay, all right, that's that. Real quick, I just all thought right. of a band name, Head Cake. Head cake. Perfect, yeah. Very <laughs> good, perfect. And then I think, I mean, the other one would be like, oh, man, like maybe like a synth wave band, but I would call it Red Blue. Red Blue. Mm. Makes sense. Is there anything about this movie that's unusual for the genre the genre of anthology movies if anything i would how comic booky the the visuals yeah the campiness of it yeah i would say i would agree chic aspect and also i would say lighting and the use of like backgrounds like the like the actual like cart not cartoon Mm -hmm, the comic comic book The whole comic book Bark. aspect to this, I think, is like pulls it away from the other ones because even in its hokiness, it still gives that very big comic book vibe. Was there a message? Message? It was lost. I on, think maybe I mean, some of the maybe different kinda, stories but... may have had their own messages, but in general, nothing too strong. <laughs> yeah. Don't fuck uh, with space shit. Don't that's, fuck yeah. with space junk. <laughs> don't don't fuck with space stuff. I, yeah, I think the only one to me would be the. Um, they're creeping up on you. I think it's the idea of um, being filled with bugs. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Message. No. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, it does. have. I mean, I don't know. It just it, it shows kind of just like the classism of people in of that economic level and how they consider other people around them, including people of color and people. You know what I mean? Like he refers to human beings as insects. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Where it's like, I don't know. I think that aspect of. Sure. Uh, I think there was a clear out of any of them. I think the one that one was the fucking one that actually had like a most obvious. Yeah, Yeah. I agree. Thank God that thought process didn't carry forward into the future. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's because of this movie. So people really (laughs) heated the warning. Headed. Yeah. Heated of. Take head of the warning. Head of warning. Yeah. Um, Listened. It's interesting. I wonder how this movie would have turned out because I. When they got the schematics for They're Creeping Up On You, they didn't know if they could actually pull it off with their budget. The alternative was actually The Hitchhiker from Part 2. That was supposed to be the fifth placement until they got the funding. We'll get into that in the uh, when we cover Part 2. How can we make this gooier, guys? I mean, it's it's got some goo. It's got some. Apparently not enough for Sam uh, to make it. No, I still, (laughs) after talking about it, I still stand by my statement. I don't. Well, know. I think like with something to tide you over, it made sense when they got shot in the head. It was all watery. Yeah. But I did notice in the crate when the janitor is being killed, the the blood that poured out was a little watery. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, totally. Way more viscous. Yeah, yeah. We need a little more like 
corn, corn syrup in yeah, there. Corn syrup in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blood up. Let it ooze out. Get a little bit more, even more gooey when you know the the zombie ghosts are getting shot. Your your our father that returns in Father's Day could be dripping a little bit more. A little gooier. <laughs> I mean, we could. Yeah, see, I mean, make we, him wetter. We, you need uh, see that squash. See the shotgun Stephen King shot. could have been way wetter. Yeah, that and been when Billy shot wetter. in the forehead with a forty-four magnum, it would have done more than just a little hole in the forehead. Oh, yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you could bah. definitely goo that up for sure. Hundred percent. I would have loved to have seen like the plant like fishing in and out of his skin. So instead of like having moss turning like growing on top of him, since he ate it, I would have loved to have seen like the plants like literally coming out of his skin and like you know. Mm, yeah, that'd know, definitely be popping his, yeah. maybe popping his, popping his eyeballs out like in uh, Treevenge. There you go. Oh, yeah. Treevenge. And the the final form of Jordy Verrill when he was the the turtle. Uh, yeah. It really looked like he was just in a ghillie suit. So. Yeah. yeah. It really was. It was very dry, light, breezy. Yeah. More easy, goo, breezy, more wet. beautiful. Gooey, wetter. Swampier. Swampier. Maybe they didn't want the swamp thing look. So they were like, make him a sort of like a, a prairie thing. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that was that because Adrian Bordeaux was in the movie. They're like, okay, we can't have this thing look like Swamp Thing because she's already in this movie. Mm-hmm. So we have to we have to make this like a little more shag carpety. Yes. A shag thing. <laughs> it's a shag thing. <laughs> All right. We're getting to six returns. Part three. Have it call you Billy. Villain level one to ten. This is hard because we have so many different ones. We got so many different villains. I don't know. I mean, I would say with Nate and something to tide you over, I would give them tens because they're undead and relentless. As in, like, I mean, if the if they can grab you and goo you, but also be able to like pop into your bathroom, that's I feel like the old grab and goo, the old grab and goo. Yeah, because like the meteorite to me would be, although its destructive power is like apocalyptic, if you don't touch it, if you don't touch it, you don't. Well, it seemed like the the rain forecast was supposed to make us think that that was going to make it grow or something. Yeah, Yeah. that's true. But was was it the meteor itself or the meteor shit that caused it to grow? That's true. If he hadn't have broken the meteor, would it have just been a meteor? And just hardened. Oh shit! I don't know. Yeah, it's Schrodinger's meteor. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Maybe if Schrodinger's it, meteor shit. If it just landed Ooh, in that's naturally, the, that's yeah. the band name. <laughs> oh hey, that's a good. Oh one. yeah, Schrodinger's <laughs> meteor shit. Meteor shit. And that's like, fucking uh, like crust punk. Like a new. Oh, I was thinking it was like a new wave. Okay. I saw that. Red lights outside. You had some uh, <laughs> creep show happen outside of your house. <laughs> I was about to say it's like creep show filters. <laughs> I live in New York. I live. In- <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> um. Does does this deserve a sequel? Creep show all the time. Sure. I mean, yes. I. I I'd- yeah. Yes, I would say yes. As a, t- I know there is one. Uh, there's both a sequel and a TV show, but my vote would have been yes as a TV show mm-hmm. um, rather than a movie. I Just give me more EC stories, but I don't need to sit down and watch a movie. I, I, give me episodically. Maybe it's because I have all Tales from the Crypt. I'm such a big Tales from the Crypt fan that I couldn't help but picking that up from it. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, 
that I was just, and that's the, I'm used to the format of episodic, that that's the way I prefer it. I'm definitely going to check out the TV show now. Mm-hmm. There's some, there's definitely some fun ones in the TV show. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, I think it definitely deserves a sequel. Uh, what's the, can you think of the worst sequel to a creep um, show? Yeah. The it way was- you're talking, it sounds like three. Yes, actually, it was. They actually, it it, made, it was made in its point. <laughs> Is it not an anthology? That's what I was going to say. It's going to not be an anthology. Anthology, and I don't, I don't know how. And, and it's just about a comic book shop. Everything's going to work out. <laughs> it's going to be a nice, happy movie. Yeah, about a guy trying to. It's so okay. Creep show. Oh, it's in the vein. <laughs> not an anthology. It's this guy trying to put on a show. Um, but but all you can creep. find are uh, like registered sex offenders. Oh, interesting. <laughs> they can't get anybody to come see the play. Um, so it's about him trying to get people to come see the to creep, see show. His creep show. Yeah, creep okay. show. Yeah. I can't beat that, Sam. Yeah, that you fucking win. wins. You fucking win. <laughs> would, you, would you buy the soundtrack or score on this on vinyl? I would. I have it. Oh fuck you! I, yeah, I've got it. <laughs> of course he does. Of course he does. No, nothing nah. really stood out to me. Same. Beautiful score, by the way. But it is like you're not going to walk. Like you're not going to clean the house. Well, I mean, I clean the house to it, but you wouldn't. Yeah, normal would people clean wouldn't the house, clean yeah. the house to this. Uh, it's great for Halloween, though. Man, playing okay. that around Halloween is so. The ambiance of your house is fantastic, especially the main theme. Yes, with the children singing. La la oh. la la la. Yeah. Oh. Mm. Um, Let's just listen to that clean in the house. I do that. <laughs> I really wish I could joke about. It. I actually do. Like I, I sometimes I'm like I'm just gonna listen to the creep show soundtrack and do dishes. <laughs> Is anything action figure worthy in creep show? Sure, uh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. tons Almost of every stuff. segment has a Almost character. Almost everything. Mm-hmm. I would agree. I would with love that. a Nathan action figure oh god a neat action figure would be fantastic i want With the like, the fully turtled me too stephen king <laughs> oh, in yeah. hand. <gasps> or maybe the almost and, fully turtled uh, uh, like a little it, bit of humanity still in there okay oh get an upson pratt doll with a hollow chest that has a little button on the back you push and a bunch of little baby roaches pop oh, out oh yeah you're speaking Please ross's do. language oh dude i was gonna say <laughs> you can have a jordy verrill one where you push his tummy and his head pops off Perfect. <laughs> uh, the 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 zombie ghosts. There's like a pump on the back, so you can press Just it and like spurt. ooze spurts out of bullet holes on them. That'd be fun. I love that. Uh, and I would love like an actual maquette of Fluffy in his crate. Oh, that would be so good. Mm-hmm. God, that or just like a stat. Oh man, like a statue, like a diorama of like the just under the stairs, and then um, uh, the college kid getting just burked would be so good. Um, or a diorama of when the college kid gets killed by Fluffy, <laughs> <laughs> and that's what it says underneath. Uh, is there any any merch or props that you guys would want from the film? I mean, I mean Fluffy would be cool. Fluffy, would be great. I want the ashtray. You want that? Oh, yeah. oh, I was gonna say the birthday cake head. Oh, that that oh, prop would very be much. awesome. Yeah, that's that would be fun to have for sure. For the record, there's a fluffy Christmas tree ornament. There you go. That's perfect merch from the movie. I, I, I ordered. <laughs> and there's also a Nate zombie mask. Oh wow! There is nice. Yeah, I, it seems like there's probably plenty of 
Whoa. Oh, wait, actually, hold on. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm surprised Ross hasn't popped off to go grab some merch to show us. Here we go. (laughs) So that's the fluffy Christmas ornament. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) And this is the Nate one. Oh, wow. Okay, that's, I want that now. Yeah, that's pretty sweet looking. (laughs) Those are great. When I said I have a lot of creep show stuff, I have a lot. I have a lot. I have a lot of creep show stuff. So not having seen this before, I was expecting there to be some sort of ticket taking movie theater thing scene based on uh, the the poster for the movie and like the heavy. You know, Ross got like a full on fucking three foot three D box of the poster. I don't even know what to call it. And that's and it's just the movie poster. I thought for sure it was going to tie into the movie somehow. <laughs> no, <laughs> it no no. It's literally just the poster because the poster is that cool. It Poster's constitutes dope. posters so is good. that cool. Poster's um, day. What we oh, there's a fluffy in the oh, he's in the crate too. Okay, so there's plenty of merch that I need to. Oh yeah, you can get your hands on that creep show. Good, all good, that good. stuff. Guys, what are we doing at the midnight show? Uh, definitely, definitely throwing I, plastic toy cockroaches. Yeah, oh, yeah. the cockroach scene. You fill that place up with cockroaches at the end of the movie. You're coming in with bags of cockroaches. I would, I would throw play. real cockroaches, but that's just. Oh, me. there's always there's always a Joker in the mix. Someone just wants to watch the world burn. When <laughs> 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 Ted Danson uh, is left on the beach and Leslie Nielsen's driving away, everybody throws snorkels at the screen. Snorkels, snorkels, <laughs> yes, I love it. Perfect. This is a fun word. You can use that word just for fun when you like snorkel. snorkel. I'm sure you've heard it before, but you may have not realized how fun it is. And look at it. Look, really look at the word snorkel. It looks funny too. It's spelled funny. We went on. So funny. Oh, we man. love snorkels over here. We're a pro snorkel podcast. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna start a spinoff podcast. I'm not afraid to say it. All, s- talk all about snorkels. Buying, selling, and collecting antique snorkels. Mm-hmm. Snorkel talk. <laughs> Straight up, we want people to know what they're getting into. Into just from Jump Street. <laughs> no more shuttle shit. No more. You're like, what is this podcast about? <laughs> oh, uh, these fellas are going to talk about some snorkels. Sorry, snorkel talk. all the time. Uh, no, I, mine's just real simple. I would honestly just have the when you when Fluffy's eating the janitor and you see him for the first time, literally everyone just go hi, Fluffy. Oh, that's oh, good. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Great. All right, guys, uh, we're moving on to ratings. It's yes. uh, now time that we put our hands into the crate of destiny and uh, figure out how many of our digits are going to get chomped off by Fluffy. Uh, on this show, we like to use a rating score of zero to five fingers. Each finger adds to the score and with more fingers equaling a higher score. And don't forget, <laughs> you don't <laughs> you can chop off half a finger as well as no fingers. Uh, we have uh, five criteria. We have engaging, sticky, t-shirtable, cockles and rewatchable. Let's, um, you know what? I just want to know just out the gate, Sam. Yo. What you got? What you rating? Okay. Let's up. see here. The old Samarino. Engaging. Uh, is it a full one? <laughs> I don't think it is. I, the first time I watched it, I got distracted on my phone. <laughs> and the second time I watched it, I kept dozing off. Um, that's how you missed all the blood. So it's getting a point five. Sorry, <laughs> sticky. Um, 
which, you know, is memorable how much of it's going to stick with me. It's going to get another 0.5 there because I'm sure I'm positive there are aspects of this movie that I'll remember. But I'm also certain the next time I go to visit, I'll be like, totally forgot about this. Mm-hmm. So 0.5 there. Jumping over to T-Shirtable. Haha, we'll get our first one here. <laughs> it's a great, there's so much great imagery within the movie. Um, even the just the movie poster itself. And I do like it. So easily can cut off a full finger for T-Shirtable. Cockles. Here's a strange thing. Even though I was going on my phone and falling asleep, it really does it for me. But maybe it's that whole EC Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. Tales from the Crypt factor, but it works. So it's getting a full one for Cockles. And then we're going to go to Rewatchable. And that one's going to be a a little tougher because I think it is going to... I mean, I know at least as of right now, it's going to be a 0.5. I'll certainly go back and revisit it, um, especially... I do feel like I'm going to use this as one of my intro horror movies for my kids, but mm-hmm. uh, I'm not rushing to go see it again. I'm, it's certainly not going to be a background while I'm doing dishes movie. So that gives it a total of 3.5 out of five fingers Understand. for me. Don, what, uh, what are you giving? What are you giving creep show? What are the parameters again? So we've got engaging, Engaging to me, I I give it you give it a full finger. You get one finger for each thing, right? Yeah, correct. Yeah. So engage for me, it's engaging because I watch it every damn year. Yeah, nice. I mean, I was even on a cruise ship one time, <laughs> and and we were just like sitting in the cabin, and I was flipping through the TV, and it was on TV on the cruise. Huh. And I sat in the cabin and watched the movie. You were you were That's creep cruising. You were creep cruising. I was creep cruising. Nice. That's yeah. fantastic. God, I would have done that. I would have done that for sure. Absolutely. I man, I want to go on a cruise for the specific reason of <laughs> sitting in my cabin and watching a creep show. Yeah, we'll have we'll have cabins where you, yeah, on the Chuttle Cruise. That's what Chuttle Fest eight at this point or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> something like this. It's just gonna be a cruise where no one leaves like the boat. We all just sit in our rooms and watch movies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So I, I'd give it a, a, a full finger for that. For the, okay. the second one was stickiness. Yes. Sticky, Sticky, which is like how memorable it is. Again, a one for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, the third one was t-shirtable. Again, mm-hmm. fuck it. Oh, I give it five fingers. Just yeah, we'll do it sure. that way. Five <laughs> five. Yeah, hundred percent. Get there pretty quick. Five across the board. <laughs> uh, bright guy. Yes. All right. So engaging. I'm kind of in the same boat as Sam was. I found myself pulling pulling away from it at bits as much as I, I enjoyed the, the visuals, uh, which will go into T-shirtable. But engaging, it gets the 0.5 from me. Sticky as well. I think I'm going to give it... I, I think I'm going to give it a 0.5. I want to give it a mm-hmm. little bit more, but I just don't think it's going to stick. Like I'm remembering all this stuff that's because we're talking about it now, but I don't know if it's going, if when I come back to it again to revisit it, like kind of like Sam said, I'm, I'll probably be like, oh yeah, that's, mm-hmm. I forgot right. about that. This has happened. So maybe it'll, I could see this bumping up over time, but on a first watch, unfortunately, yeah, let's get the, the 0.5 t-shirtable 100% gets a full one. It's a, it has so much visual, Oh yeah, uh, 
splendor to it. There, there's a lot of good stuff in there that you could put onto a t-shirt. So that gets the full treatment. Cockles is where I will differentiate and only put a 0.5. I just, I don't know why. Again, anthologies are hard for me. They're hit or miss mm-hmm. at this point, but mm-hmm. I've been appreciating them and liking them a lot more, I think, as time has gone on. But there's just something. I think one of the big things to it as well, and we'll make touch with Rewatchable, is how I felt it's too long. It's a two-hour movie. I feel it like long. it mm-hmm. could have, we could have trimmed up. We could have taken out a segment. We you could know have trimmed up some of the other segments. I think there's a cut in Spain that was made for, it's, again, weird factor. I think it's a, from Spain, I believe. It was a TV cut that only had uh, creeping up on you and something to tie, no, sorry, the crate and they're creeping up on you as the two segments or something like that. And that was the entire movie. They edited oh, out wow. father's yeah, yeah. They took out <laughs> and it's still with commercials still ran an hour and a half. That's interesting. Yeah. I think, I think, yeah, it's, it's chill. Something should have been tightened up with it, which I don't know. I saw that creep show two was only an hour and a half, which I was like, if that had that thrown time on it, I think it could have been. Yeah. That only had three stories. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I, yeah. I'm, curious to look at it so 0.5 on cockles and as well as 0.5 on rewatchable um just to go into it on my i i loved a lot of the the thoughts and i like the visual aspect to it but i'm not dying to go back to the stories more or less mm-hmm. until yet so that's at this point that's a th- wait is it three 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 three, three out of five mm-hmm. um you guys can take a wild guess on what my rating is going to be. Fair <laughs> uh, arm. Just uh, my, I am diving head first into the crate to have my entire body consumed by Fluffy. Um, he is the janitor. He is the janitor. Yes. I am the janitor. I am like the janitor. Um, looking up, just going like, just do it, dude. Engaging gets a one. Sticky gets a one. Um, t-shirtable gets a one cockles gets a one and rewatchable gets a one. This is a five for me. Um, ever, I mean like even seeing this a thousand times, I'm still fully engaged every time I see this movie. Um, I like sticky. I quote this movie all the fucking time. Like mm-hmm. there's certain shit that I say on a regular, almost on a regular basis from this movie. That's <laughs> it's so ingrained in my, um, viewing t-shirtable. I own like four, different creep show shirts i think at this point maybe more um cockles milked eviscerated ground to, to <laughs> ground to fucking eviscerated ev- the cockles eviscerated <laughs> ground into mummy dust and sold on the black market like that is how much that this is affected mm-hmm. my cockles um and rewatchable i mean like i watch this probably two to three times a year maybe you know what i mean like Mm-hmm. it's to me it's like it's a this is a comfort food movie like is in like if i'm like having a shitty day or something like that i'm like oh cool i can watch creep show yeah. and astronomically sure. feel better fucking every single time i see this movie right so well, sam what does that what does that make what's uh let's get into the final two where's this yeah. we'll, let's put a you know what let's be like billy let's put a pin in it we, hey well done <laughs> ah, i get it you get it uh, as we finish up tonight's episode, we are going to close out with our final two questions. Does Creepshow belong in the Shuttle Club crypt? To qualify, it needs to have an average score of over four fingers. Sam, I already know the answer, but <laughs> 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 unfortunately, 
It does not. It is at a 3.8. If Brian liked it just a half a finger more, it would have been there. Oh, wow. So it got, so it's in the cat. Or if I had to. Okay. So yeah, it's in the cat. It, it it's me. it's in the casket. It made a proper burial, but it didn't actually get to a cat. Oh, yeah. 3.8 okay. oh, yeah. is a great score. Um, yeah. I mean, overall. Absolutely. That's, it puts it higher than our last two movies, mm-hmm. Final Destination and Lawnmower Man, but. Not higher than Friday the 13th Part 3. That was our last movie to score higher than that. And on to our last question. Now, to finish this off, I'm going to ask you a would you rather. Which one of the five segments would you rather have happen to you? Well, it depends because if you do Father's Day, you could be the, oh my God, guy and live. (laughs) That's, I guess, yeah. You don't know if they actually die or not at the end. He got his cake. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think, I think I'm gonna. I don't fucking know. I'll be the. Uh, I'll go in the crate. I'll be the professor who Kills comes and finds the crate and oh. sees all the bad stuff and then gets drugged and is like, "Sure, I'll play chess with you." I'll be him. Well, that's nice. Oh, all right. I was gonna say that that'd be the scenario where I would go into. Because the the meteor one seems like you're getting good and screwed. Yeah. The <laughs> good is- sounds like a Saturday night. <laughs> the lonesome yeah, good and screwed go. death of Jordy Verrill. Good and screwed is like the hair metal, like ooh, uh, good, good and screwed crew. is kind of like chopped and screwed. Oh, yeah, um, oh okay. Only as all these like <laughs> sounds to songs <laughs> splat. That's where they use that instead of the air horn, yeah. I mean, yeah, I think I'm going to go against Bubby. What's his name? Slappy? Fluffy. Fluffy. (laughs) Slappy? Uh, Honestly, I'm going to do something to tide you over. I don't know why, but like at least that at least get out of the sand. You're a good idea. No, I can get out of that. At a bare minimum, I go to sleep and I just drown. Best case scenario, I shimmy my way out and get to the authorities. You go to sleep and drown? Or you just drown? Well, I mean, you just black out. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of panic involved. But, like, out of all the other horrible ways that people died in this movie, drowning is probably one of the least, like, My guy doesn't die. But you don't get to be that guy, right? Yeah, I said I want to be that guy. No, you're in that scenario. That means you're, you're, you're going scenario. up against you're going you up against Fluffy. So that guy does. Two guys do it and survive. Yeah, so that's why I'm saying one I'm, of them. I'm just saying I'm in that scenario. I can shimmy out. Surviving. I can shimmy out of that. I don't know. I can shimmy out of there. All right. Well, let's... I'm just saying Nathan didn't seem like he could move very fast. So yeah, that's true. Even yeah. with his telekinesis, I feel like you probably could get a real good running sprint away from Nathan. Yeah. Well, and I guess the last one I'm confused on. I don't know how you get a body full of bugs, but by being they a crawled bad in person. his mouth. Yeah, they all just. Well, then, then you're fine. In that scenario yeah, I'll too. Choose that scenario then. <laughs> just not German foam tower that. and be a good person. <laughs> there you go. Neener, neener. <laughs> ah. uh, Dodge, did you? Have, Do we ha- did you have I'm one? curious of what everybody's favorite segments are. If you had to choose one. Mm. Mine's probably the crate, although with I do like the tide one as well. That'd come in second, I think. Oh man, yeah, I'd probably say the crate. The yeah, crate, it's just fluffy man. It's like it's so because I think it's the most straight laced out of all of the segments. Like that one's the one. Like that's the 
there's really there is some hints of humor, but that one's the most like an actual creature horror story versus like joking and you know tongue in cheek stuff. If that makes sense. Well, it has a whole shot in the head golf clap. That's pretty funny. <laughs> that's fucking great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd agree. The crate one, I think, is top of my cool. list. Just curious. Yeah. yeah. Now seemed like the time to ask. Good time. Good timing. That's actually the best time because uh, that does it for the Charl Movie Club meeting for tonight. Uh, Don, thank you so much for uh, joining us on our Five Jolting Tales of Terror. Well, thank you guys for having me. I really sorry it's taken so fucking long. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, no worries. No worries. We'll and, finally get uh, Yeah, and hopefully within the next month or so, we're going to have you guys on our show. Oh, that'd be great. Also, uh, would you like to plug and promote your show? Yeah, the show is uh, Two Towns Over, an Urban Legends podcast, though we fly fast and loose with the Urban Legends portion of it now. Um, <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, uh, we do an episode, we do two episodes every week. Uh, the middle week ep- or midweek episode is usually uh, just new stories that we found I found interesting <laughs> during the week. Uh-huh. And then the main episode is some kind of true crime, urban legend, haunted house type story that uh, Ruben and Josh can be incredulous about and say there's no such thing as ghosts. And But uh, as of right now, we're still in the Satanic Panic series, the never-ending Satanic Panic Satanic series Panic. that was originally supposed to be three episodes has turned into 20 – we're at 20 episodes now. Yeah, it's wild. So, oh, my goodness. If you guys, if you guys want to hop on the Satan train, absolutely catch those episodes. Yeah, we've been doing it since January 1st. That's amazing. Fuck. I love yeah, it so that's much. Every week, that's what I say. I say, fuck. We're oh, still here. Fuck. Here we are oh, again. God. My old friend. All right. I did not expect West Memphis to be eight or seven episodes. That was literally sure. supposed to be three, but I had to stop midweek every week because just Ruben and Josh couldn't take it anymore. So <laughs> just tapped, just tapped out. Yeah, they're like, no, we got to stop. Find a place and stop it. So, but yeah, so two towns over, true crime podcast or uh, urban legends podcast. I mean, <laughs> it is. It's a true crime podcast. Let's be honest. Right. Um, yeah, have we that's, that's that's about it. Hell yeah, <laughs> perfect, man. Um, as, right. as you know, uh, we are a movie club, and you club members are the heart. <laughs> soul guts and goo uh so don't forget to jump into our discord the best place to continue this conversation with us as well as other fans and past guests uh you can follow shuttle the sam on letterbox uh you can you can creep on bry guy in the discord uh he i mean we got some video game action going on we got some uh general chats going on you got predictions uh are you kidding me you're like the king of new releases if you want some like spoiler talk and like we got subbed we have we have different discords for movies that have just come out where you guys can talk about all the ins and outs and all the spoilers without your friends getting mad at you and of course you can find me at ross purvis on instagram uh for artwork tattoos and all that fun stuff uh don't forget about all the places to get at us please rate and review us uh you know if you enjoyed our take on creep show tell a friend tell five friends because of the five jolting tales tonight uh and uh (laughs) yeah 
yeah, like, rate, review, and uh, thank you again for making it this far. Uh, and until next time. Hell of a shot. Bullseye.